everybody, and welcome back. It's been a long time, we know for sure, but welcome back to a Breakfast Time with Waffle and Richard. A lot has changed. Um, people have moved locations, as you can see by the backdrop. Uh, this ain't the normal apartment. Uh, mm -hmm. First, Waffle, uh, how you doing, man? How was your summer? Good. Summer was cool. Just worked and suffered through the last couple of months without football but now it's september and oh it's here i'm very excited very excited high school college nfl starting this coming week it's the best time of the year absolutely most wonderful time of the year so talking about moving uh your boy moved all the way out to texas and oh, moved texas. as far west as he could in texas to lubbock uh, we're gonna love it christian university now so if you're wondering why oh, things look a little different, uh, yeah, so Lubbock, Texas now, one of the LCU, and uh, excited, gotten busy, but it's been a lot of fun. So really you're practically the you're practically the Hank Hill of sports information directors. Exactly, I'm trying to be like that. You know, I mean, trying to do like that. I, I do sports information and sports information accessories. You know. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, uh, no, it's been fun out here. Uh, I will say this, the no humidity is phenomenal. Like, it's still hot. There's no humidity out here, and there's a breeze, and it is fantastic. I am very jealous. I want <laughs> to feel that feeling. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, very nice. Did experience my first dust storm the other day, though. Uh, which, mm. I was inside, luckily. It was there in a volleyball tournament. We got to see it from outside. And so I was like, this does not look fun. Glad I'm in no, here. So, um, definitely not. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh been fun. It's been busy. But and hopefully we can keep this podcast going during all that. But today we'll start off and college football is back, like Waffle said. And uh fun week one. I think it was you know looking at the slate, you kind of thought, eh, there'll be some good games. And it seemed like oh, there's so many good games this yeah. past week. But because of course we're still fans of our teams. We're going to look back and we're going to talk about our teams first. And we'll talk first about the South Carolina Gamecocks. And you know, a lot more optimism. Again, optimism last year with Shane Beamer. Got you to a bowl game. You won the Dukes Mayo Bowl over North Carolina. And then you roll into this year. Like, okay, more optimism. Taking on Georgia State. You got Spencer Rattlers in at quarterback, the transfer from Oklahoma. And it looks, and you're sitting there like, okay, this is going to be great. Kind of got off to a slow start, but then, man, the special teams comes up big. The defense does their thing, and South Carolina is able to pull away in the second half from a pretty good Georgia State team, consistently good Georgia State team, and get the win 35-14, to 14, thanks in part to outscoring the Pampers 23-7 in the second half. Um, Bob, what were your overall impressions of this new-look South Carolina team? Um, overall, you know, I was, I was pleased. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to be upset about beating, uh, a team by 21 points. Um, the offense was a little sluggish to start, but you know, there's, there's new pieces, there's new pieces of the puzzle. And obviously that most important piece is Spencer Rattler, uh, whether criticism and all like that, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of talk out there about Spencer Rattler, obviously on the Carolina side. I mean, you think that, um, eternal optimism i mean you 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 want him to come out and be the heisman contender 
that we thought he was going to be last year. And of course, there's a lot of doubters as well. But the the fact of the matter is, is that Spencer Rattler is the highest graded quarterback we've ever had, like highest rate in terms of, you know, his rankings out of high school um, that South Carolina has ever had. And that's that's enough because, I mean, you look at these these teams from the past nine years, ever since 2014, mm-hmm. like we, we had good quarterback play with Dylan Thompson in 2014. And since then, we have not had anything. I mean, maybe you could say Jake Bentley, but obviously that is a name that will divide the fan base. Um, there were times when he was good. There were times when he was god-awful. So, I mean, that's just how it is. Right. And with Rattler, it just brings in a sense of hope. Um, pairing him with a an experienced offensive line in terms of their years, seniors and juniors, um, but – Offensive line was still iffy um, on Saturday night. Uh, couldn't really run the ball. Rattler was running for his life. But here's my biggest takeaway from the game is that Rattler has mobility and Rattler can extend plays and he has a rocket arm. And that alone gives me enough hope that regardless, if he's running around for his life, I'm still going to think, okay, he is good enough to make a play here and extend a drive or, you know, just, just pull something, pull something out of a hat for, you know, to, to make, make something out of nothing. So um, Carolina overall, I was pleased. Uh, obviously I wish we could have run the ball a little bit better, but offensive line, they are experienced. I'm sure they'll settle in um, as the season progresses. Wide receiver group was okay. I didn't see a whole lot out of Josh Van, who was really good last year. Um, I wonder if he is hurt or not 100%. I'm honestly not sure, um, but he did return some punts. But as far as him um, actually in there on like first, second, third down, he wasn't there a lot. There were a couple deep shots that Rattler tried to hit him, but he was well covered. So um, waiting to see what's going to happen with Josh Van. But a uh, uh, newcomer, Juice Wells, who's a re- uh, transfer from James Madison, had a few catches. Um, Jalen Brooks, the Wingate transfer from a couple years ago, uh, didn't play la- uh, at all, if any, last year um, because of certain di- certain different things. And uh, he, he had he had a really good game. He, uh, yeah. I thought that he was good. He had four catches for 88 yards, along a 39 for him. Um, and then tight end Jaheim Bell, with the addition of Austin Stogner, who also came from Oklahoma with Rattler. You're going to see Jaheim Bell line up in a ton of different places, whether it be tight end, whether it be wide receiver, whether it be full back slash running back. And that's what Jaheim Bell did. He had seven carries for 39 yards, also um, had four catches for 18 yards. So a little Swiss Army knife there that you can kind of use, and it makes the offense interesting. And I don't know if you noticed this, Richard, but South Carolina lined up in a hybrid wishbone yep. a few times. Yeah, and short and fourth and short. That is – Wow, I just I love that, and it's not your typical wishbone. It's not just quarterback under center, fullback behind him, tailback split. It's more like if you took your tailback split and your fullback, it's like your fullback's playing a shotgun formation, and yeah. it's just tailback split. He's he's that close to him, and then Rattler's up there. Um, so it's an interesting little formation that you know I I started thinking about different things I could do out of it, and I got yeah. excited, but. Yeah, you can um, do some sweeps. You can do some screens. You can do whatever. Yeah, it feels like. As far as defense, I mean, your first reaction would be to look at Georgia State's rushing yards. They had 200 rushing yards. 
Um, and but once you take away, there were two rushes. There was one rush for 41 yards and one rush of 44 yards. And obviously you take those away and they ran the ball for 120 yards. And that's th- that's their offense. They they passed for 111 yards, but they run the ball. Um, so it's easy to say Carolina's run defense wasn't good, but you know what? I thought they kind of settled in. And towards the in the second half, Georgia State couldn't move the ball. No, um, they, they they were moving it pretty decent in the first half. It was twelve to seven at halftime, but um, Carolina kind of shut them down. As far as the linebackers in the secondary for Carolina, fine. There wasn't a whole lot of passing threat, um, but you know your your guys like Brad Johnson, senior um, linebacker, and also Cam Smith, who is the highest rated cornerback and is projected to be the first cornerback taken in the NFL draft, which still blows my mind how yeah. we end up with a guy like that. But uh, they, had, they had good games, minus a couple penalties. Um, and, yeah, uh, special teams. Moving on from Parker White, I thought was going to be tough. And while it's only been one game without him, Mitch Jeter nailed two 50-yard field goals. And yeah. I that I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, what other kicker in the nation is coming out for his first two field goals and is drilling two 50-yarders? I would say that's enough to – be like, okay, this position's pretty much set in stone. Yeah. Um, and Kai Kroger, the punter, had a couple good punts, um, had a fine night, and the punt defense. Uh, Pete Limbo, special teams coordinator for South Carolina, give that man a raise. Uh, yeah. He's done a great job last year, too, um, oh, sure. and and especially Saturday night. Two punt returns for touchdowns. Um, I'll take it. I don't care who you are, what you say, 21 offensive points and two block punts. If I can score 35 points a game, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I know that's not going to happen when we play the likes of uh, Arkansas, Georgia, and SEC team. Yeah. But, you know, it's something to build on. And, you know, I was excited. The atmosphere was great. It was loud. It seemed, it seemed like it was. I, I wasn't there. But uh, yeah. the new the new lights were crazy. Lights. That is so cool, man. Lights that's one of the coolest things I mean, I've ever seen in my life. Like It might time up perfect. Now, I don't know how – I don't know how Carolina's going to do the rest of the year. For all I know, they could go three and nine. For all I know, they could go nine and three. But if South Carolina can put it together and in the next couple of years really build and really start to become a good team and start consistently winning eight, nine games, that home field advantage is going to be unreal. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know this about South Carolina. Even the years they're horrible, those fans still show up, and it's still a tough place. And that's why they upset Georgia, upset Auburn, upset Bama back in Garcia because the fans showed up. And yeah. made it a tough place to play, and you kind of go in, you're not expecting it, and then you're like, "Oh, this is wild!" So just yeah. having that, and now with the hope of Beamer and Rattler, I think it is going to in a couple of years if this track keeps going. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And I mean, all signs point to progression. So, yeah. um, uh, just throwing a couple stats: Rattler, 23 of 37, 227 yards, one touchdown, two picks. One interception was not necessarily his fault, went through yeah. the receiver's hands, even though it was a little bit high. Uh, the second interception was dumb. I don't know what he was trying to do. But um, I believe uh, he was expecting a receiver to keep running maybe. So, I mean, just miscommunication looked like. And, um, and you know, obviously you look at those stats and you're like, oh, uh, you're a Heisman contender, huh? No, I, obviously not. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> there were there were things I saw that I haven't seen in years. And gosh dang it, I'm going to be excited about it. And you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. Um, Carolina couldn't run the ball. <clears throat> Shocker. Um, so maybe we'll figure. Maybe we'll figure that out. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. it. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Had a great time. 
Yeah, I mean, just that mobility of Rattler, because I can't really think of a quarterback who could run. I mean, Thompson could kind of run. Shaw could if he had to. But, like, yeah. since then, Bentley really wasn't a runner. Holinsky really wasn't a runner. Nobody last year except for, I mean, when they put uh, uh, Joyner back there. Yeah. And ran the Wildcat or had him do whatever in the Bel- in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, which, again, won the game because he dominated North Carolina. But still, added that mobile- adding that mobility I think is crucial for South Carolina, especially when their rushing cannot get going. And, but, and it's like, okay, you got to throw it and you got to get yourself some time. And uh, I think that's key for South Carolina all this year. Again, Rattler, not a, nothing that's going to blow your mind when you look at the stats, but, again, that mobility is just huge. And yeah. Yeah, when your defense first, can do that, I think it's great. Yeah. Rattler, first game, new offense. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the effort that I saw on Saturday night. Obviously, things ramp up quick. We go at Arkansas, we play Georgia, so – um, got to grow up quick in that sense. But as the season progresses, like, I mean, he's going to settle in. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, once things start clicking, hopefully, yeah. um, you know, there'll be some good times. Yeah, yeah. No, if things start clicking, the good thing, again, after Arkansas, Georgia, you get Charlotte and South Carolina State. Charlotte's horrible. SC State's an FCS team. You should be able to, after two weeks, adjust. You got to get through it. It's your conference play. Maybe you pull off an upset. If you mm-hmm. can get some things to go your way, of course, after we'll talk about later, if you're looking at Arkansas and Georgia, that's going to be very tough to do this year. Yeah, um, yeah Charlotte and SC State, you get some time to kind of get your feet, feet back under you and get back to a winning record. Just window if those will be three and two, and then you can roll into conference play with more confidence for sure. Yeah. So, all right. And so that's South Carolina. Another team, uh, our other team in South Carolina, they played last night, recording on a Tuesday, they played on Labor Day. Uh, Clemson Tigers took on Georgia Tech in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for a Chick-fil-A kickoff. Uh, really weird why this game wasn't at Bobby Dodd. I think it's one of those things where, to be honest with you, I think Georgia Tech got locked into a contract and nobody wanted to come play them. Because um, I'm, I'm 90% sure what happened was, if I'm remembering right, so Georgia Tech has played – last year played North Carolina in Mercedes-Benz, and they'll actually win that game. Um, this is back when North Carolina was ranked like top 20 in the country. North Carolina, I thought North Carolina was going to win, had a chance to win the ACC, and of course, kind of fell apart for them. But uh, North Carolina ended up winning that game. But I'm pretty sure they're supposed to play either, I think, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Georgia. The Oklahoma State game just fell apart. Notre Dame game was supposed to happen during COVID year, so that got canceled. And then I'm pretty sure Georgia literally looked at them and said, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're coming to Bobby Dodd. <laughs> so then it was like, well, who's our other rival? Ah, it's Clemson. All right, y'all coming down here, right? It's like, sure, whatever, fine. It's going to be yeah. 70% Clemson fans anyway, like it is at Bobby Dodd. Yes. And it was because yes. that's why I think Clemson lives in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, real quick, though. There were no fans in the very upper deck. That Why was not? weird. I don't understand because Georgia played there Saturday and it was full. Yeah. And, but I figured there was. I mean, like, you can't tell me that there wouldn't be enough Clemson or Tech fans to come and watch. You can't. I, I looked and w- when they first showed the stadium, it was just like red seats. And I was like, why yeah. is that? I, I need somebody to find an answer for me. Yeah, yeah, because they were. I noticed when they interviewed Davo at halftime, I was like, "Why oh, is all that empty?" I feel. Yeah, I like that's. I mean, regardless of how bad Georgia Tech is, that's still a big rivalry every year. Is Clemson Georgia Tech? So. Yeah, I mean, and I, I would expect Clemson fans to. 
I mean, there was there was already a lot that made the trip. It's not like it's that long. Yeah, yeah, it's ninety minutes away from campus. All the students were gonna go if they yeah. could. So I mean, but yeah, but anyway, uh, Clemson, uh, boy, howdy, the first quarter looked just like last year, and so did the second, and it was like great, fourteen to three. We have no offense once again. The defense was phenomenal. Pick on the first play of the game. Do nothing with it. Took Clemson two and a half minutes to get five yards in the red zone after a block punt. Um, so, and I had to go for it on fourth down, which was frustrating. But then, second half, it clicked <laughs> after it was 14 10. You know, you think, okay, George State needs to stop. Clemson comes out and it clicks and it works. And they end up outscoring them in the final, they, they go on a 27 nothing run to win 41 to 10 over Georgia Tech, and DJ Uyungle, I think, and this is personally, and people are going to crucify me for it because I'm defending DJ Uyungle, did not play that bad. He had his moments. He had the fumble. He had the bobbled snap on third and one in the first drive of the game. He had the fumble on the second drive of the game. That cost some points. You take, and at the time, you know, it was 14-3, still a close game. Mm-hmm. But, man, he had some drives. And I have said this, Clemson should go no huddle every single time because since they started doing that with Taj Boyd and Chad Morris, every single Clemson quarterback has gone no huddle, has just looked so much better. And I think it's because you literally have no time to think. You're just like, I got to get the ball out as quick as possible. Who's open? There you are. Go. Because Trevor Lawrence, I think, was the best no huddle quarterback I've ever seen because I'm pretty sure about 95% of his drives ended with some kind of points. Because he was just like, I'm getting the ball out and I'm running. I don't care what happens. So they did that with DJ and it worked a lot. They got two touchdowns out of it. Uh, he went 19 to 32, 210 yards passing and a touchdown rushing wise, 13 rushes, 19 yards and a touchdown, good touchdown run at the end that kind of iced it. Um, you know, and it's not all on DJ. The offensive line, especially the right side of the offensive line, that younger side was struggling with the Georgia Tech's defensive front. I mean, McFadden and Davis Allen, they had to put Davis Allen in there a lot so he could help up, help out with some of the rushes. And that worked. Uh, Clemson finally got some rushing lanes open for Will Shipley. He, but he still had 10 rushes, 42 yards. Moffa, he rushed for 28 yards. Pace had five rushes, 13 yards. So it wasn't like anybody was no getting too wide open rusher wise, but still. That was a struggle. Then he had some drops. E.J. Williams had one wide open right in the hands, and he just dropped it. Same with Bo Collins. He had one. Now, Bo Collins didn't make a great catch for the first touchdown of the game, and so he may have decided that's going to be your number one receiver. He did go to high school with the young Lay, so it's probably your number one guy. Davis Allen got in on it. Uh, Will Taylor, former Greenville fly boy, got his first touchdown, and it came from Clay Kubnick, who came in in garbage time, 34-10. Led a great drive, and this is with Drew Sweeney out there <laughs> running around. Uh, game's been decided, but he went four of six, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Also had one rush for four yards. Um, he looked great, and now everybody's going to read way too much into it because it was garbage time against Georgia Tech. First of all, I don't think the guys hate each other. You saw every time DJ caught the field, Klubnik high-fived him, and especially when Klubnik threw his first touchdown pass, DJ ran on the field and jumped up and high-fived him. So I don't think there's any animosity, first of all. Let's stop all that. But second, 
again, it's garbage time. And I know people, people are going to read into this and go, oh, man, imagine if K Club Nick had Bo Collins out there and Davis Allen out there and Adam Wilshire. First of all, the offensive line played bad, especially to start off. Now, they got rolling once they kind of started to figure out what George Seck was doing. But still, you tell me if K. Klubnik had the handoff to Will Shipley, was Shipley going to bust through for 18 yards all of a sudden? Was Antonio Williams going to catch some of those balls they dropped all of a sudden? That's the only thing. Now, again, I'm not here to be a K. Klubnik hater. I'm not here to stand for D.J. Ungelay. D.J. Ungelay was horrible last year. He drugged that team down, made all those games so much closer than they should have been. But also, you got to remember, half the receivers were hurt, half the O-line was hurt, and you had Sweeney starting, along with Jacob Berlingschlotter, or however his name is, bringing Byron Stuhl or whatever. got the weirdest last name. He started him and Sweeney lined up out there against South Carolina. I remember texting you going, well, I have never seen Byron Stuhl before in my life. <laughs> I have no clue who this guy is running around right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, again, there are a lot more issues. I think the offense is – and it's one of Dabo's faults. Dabo regards on his guys a lot, and sometimes that's to a fault. It's where you kind of need to realize, Dabo, something ain't working. I get hiring within. I get making it a family, but I 100% I – mean, Brandon Streeter's gotten a lot of flack. I need to see more because there are sometimes it's just – we're going to run just – Zone read, zone read. Oh, it's third down, and all right, slants, and that's it. So, you got to figure out something. Again, it sounds weird to talk like this about a 31-point win right. <laughs> over a rival in a conference game the first week of the year when the defense did great, but they're going, <laughs> this is going to get dissected a lot for the next week. And then, of course, the next two weeks, Clemson has Furman and Louisiana Tech. So you're going to see a healthy dose of both Uyungale and Club Nick because those both should be blowout wins. Um, and so you're going to see both quarterbacks. And, of course, you're going to see Hunter Helms. I'm just throwing him out there, bro. Throwing out Hunter Helms out there. Let's not forget about him. True. <laughs> Who had one of the greatest passes ever against Georgia Tech two years ago that was called back. And I was like, oh, that, that's cool. Just let him keep it. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, yeah, all in all, I'm happy. I know it's the first half frustrating. It's like, here we go again. But then they woke up. And so, you know, it's the first game. Things are going to happen like that. I'm more frustrated for Georgia Tech fans because Jeff Collins' game management mm. was horrible in this kind. Jeff Collins, first half is ending. It's 14-3. You get a stop about 40 seconds left or so. Or it looks like you're going to get one. Just doesn't use a timeout. So Clemson just runs the clock all the way down to five seconds to cause a timeout. And this one's 14-3. And then Clemson punts it. Of course, the punt hangs in the air. Aiden Swanson, by the way, Aiden Swanson had a phenomenal game too, a punter. He kept pinning Georgia Tech deep. So great job by him. And BT Potter made all his field goals. So no complaints on and then Clemson, of course, had two block kicks. So special teams were great for Clemson too. And okay, half ends. Then Georgia Tech comes out, first drive of – first Clemson drive. They score on their first drive. Makes it 14-10. Okay, it's a four-point game. Georgia Tech has to call a timeout. Okay, well, so maybe something stupid happened. I get that first week. And later in the third, it's still a 14-point game. 
I think at this point. Or no, at this point, it's an 11-point game. Georgia Tech calls another timeout the next Clemson drive. So now you're down to one timeout. And what's a, still a relatively close game? You're not out of the water yet. Go to the fourth quarter. You're still only down. Let's see, it was 24. 10. You're down 14 points. You're in, you're in range. You get a touchdown. You have a chance. 13 minutes left in the fourth. Jeff Collins calls his final timeout. On a punt that Clemson went out there. Clemson lined up in a punt on fourth and short. They had no intention to snap it. And Jeff Collins called a timeout. And Dabo Sweeney is over there grinning on the sideline because he knows he just got you to waste your final timeout. And then Clemson goes and pulls away. And then later, at this point, the game, I think, was 34-10. A game's basically wrapped up. But, you know, you're still playing for something, Georgia Tech. Go out there and do something. Georgia Tech on fourth and two in their own territory sits there and goes, you know how we never did the option? How Jeff Collins said we're never going to run the option. We're going to get rid of it. They line up in the wishbone. And it's not the South Carolina one. It was the wishbone. And try to run a wide back sweep, and the running back runs and right into his own lineman. Turn over on downs, Clemson gets the ball, scores, game over. Jeff Sims, who I think is a great quarterback, 23 of 36, 164 yards, touchdown, had that one pick on the first play of the game, 13 rushes, 41 yards. He is dynamic. This man's getting wasted. It's been there for three years. He has been wasted by Jeff Collins. And, again, when Jeff Collins got hired, I know that's a tough job to change from the option to the spread. They had 17 running backs on the roster, but he completely got rid of the option. You cannot do that with this team. You have to keep some read options, some sprint up, something that looks familiar, saying, okay, I know what I'm doing. And his first year, he lost to the Citadel, an option team, in his second game, his first home game. He has won three games every single year. And, again, I give him pass for COVID. I'll do that. I look at Georgia Tech's schedule. I don't know who else they're beating. I think they got Western Carolina this weekend. And I think they got a horrible G5 team coming in. And then the future don't look bright because every year you have to play Clemson and Georgia. And down the road, Georgia Tech has to play either Notre Dame or Alabama four years in a row. I don't know how long Jeff Collins is going to be there because George is down there kicking your butt and everything. And at least when Paul Johnson was there, Georgia was a better program. But Georgia Tech would beat them because Georgia Tech ran the option and it would always throw Georgia off. And that's how they won games. And that's how Paul Johnson won two ACC titles and an Orange Bowl mm-hmm. because he had a seer weapon. He's like, okay, you know what? We're not better than you. But we run, but we run the weirdest offense, and if you're not ready, we will beat you. And then also, he got lucky with, of course, Calvin Johnson, Marys Thomas coming in there two years. Of course, happened when you can have a good wide receiver in the option, you're going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And he had to buy his Oliver who could actually throw it. So, again, I don't know what's up with Georgia Tech. I think the positives for Clemson outweigh the negatives. There are a bunch of negatives, and everybody's going to dissect that Clay Covenant drive for the next six days until the Furman game. And every time they every time someone steps on the field against Furman and Louisiana Tech, 
the message boards are going to go crazy. (laughs) And, you know, I don't think it's fair to completely bury either of them right now. But it's an interesting time to be a Clemson fan. Again, weird to talk this much after a 31-point win over one of your biggest rivals, but it's just a weird game right now. And it's just, yeah, weird feelings about Clemson and and just weird feelings about Georgia Tech's future too on this one. Yeah. Um, I'll start with this. Jeff Collins is two halves of a whole idiot, and he should have been fired last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's awful. He's so bad. <laughs> the best The best thing about Georgia Tech last night was the fact that Jeff Collins didn't wear the hat that just has the T on it. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, by the way, sorry. Georgia Tech's two other non-conference games besides West Carolina and Georgia. Ole Miss and at UCF, there's no. They are winning one game all season. I say maybe Duke because Duke has a new head coach. Yeah. Every other game, I have no. I don't see a win on here, but they'll. And so we'll see if they can find one. Maybe North Carolina because that defense is horrible. But other than that, no clue. But go ahead. Yeah, they're they're in for it. They're they're not great. No. Um, their offensive line is just bad. It's so bad. They got some guys on defense that can fly around. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't think their defense is necessarily going to be terrible. No. Um, and like you said, Jeff Sims, I think is a good quarterback, and he is very athletic and dynamic. Um, and Clemson's defense is immaculate so i mean you know when once they play uh you know anybody that's not named clemson or georgia i think their offense will be able to generate a little bit as long as they can block somebody which is not likely but um yeah they're definitely in for it but about clemson let me let me say this first and i don't want this to come across i i don't want this to come across uh wrong um but correct me if i'm wrong did this game not look just like South Carolina and Georgia State at one point? It, it did. It, it I really swear did. it did. I, I now when Clemson blocked the two punts, I was like, "It's the same game." Yeah, it really it's was. literally the same game. An offensive a, a team with offensive questions. Obviously, Clemson's biggest question is DJ, and South Carolina's biggest question is Rattler. Mm-hmm. And uh, two offensive lines that are not great. Two offenses that struggled in the first half. Clemson figured it out a little bit better than Carolina did. I'll say that. Um, and two two defenses that you know, for what it's worth, played well and are good. Obviously, Clemson's defense is leaps and bounds better than Carolina's. I'm not stupid. Um, Clemson's defense is great. Carolina had a pretty good defensive outing, I would say. Um, no. And combined with the offensive struggles and two punt blocks, this felt eerily similar to South Carolina. Maybe we're not as different as we seem. But yeah, we, all that's, that's, we all know that's not true because no. of last year. Um, anyway. So we uh, said last year it was going to be 6 nothing, and then all of a sudden – Correct. So correct. We got to realize that. So, <laughs> is what it is. But um, – as far as for DJ, I agree with you. I don't, I think that obviously at the beginning it, it looked just like last year, and there was a lot of a lot of chatter and a lot of talk and a lot of stuff that might have been warranted at least for that first quarter. Um, but he he eventually did settle in, and the good thing about 
DJ and Clemson. I mean, he, he's got two games here coming up um, that he can, you know, try to figure it out. Now, obviously, they're going to play both quarterbacks because I'm sure both games will get to a point where DJ's not needed anymore. And they will throw Cade in there, and he'll probably play pretty freaking good as well. Um, but DJ's got two games to work on it, and then he comes out and you play, and you play Wake Forest. Um, and if something hasn't changed by then, I don't know. I mean, I, do, do do I see Dabo pulling the plug on DJ? No, I, I honestly don't. And I don't think that's I don't think that's just Dabo being being blind and being loyal to his guy. I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you do it that early. I mean, yeah. if DJ comes out and they and y'all get beat by Wake Forest by three scores, okay, sure, maybe. But is that going to happen? No, your defense still exists. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought DJ had a had a fine game. Two hundred ten yards, a touchdown, no picks. Um, still, there were a couple times where he held the ball mm. a little bit long, but then combined with the offensive line being inconsistent, I mean, it's tough. Um, did Cade Klubnick come in and lead a very good drive? Absolutely. Um, four, six, 49 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he was very efficient, did well. Uh, the running game's got to get going. Will Shipley is an absolute weapon. Uh, and I still have yet to see him really just, you know, break out. Yeah. With the exception of maybe a couple games last year, but I mean, like in a, in a, in a, in a big time game, like they, the offensive line's got to do their part. So Will Shipley can thrive. Mm-hmm. And you set up Will Shipley. I mean, then it should be a lot easier for DJ to get something yeah, going through there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I thought Clemson's defense was phenomenal. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But I mean, the offense, it it really, even after the end of the end of the game yesterday, um, thing things have to improve in these next two games before you come out and you play Wake Forest, who not as tough because Sam Hartman's not with them anymore, but that week after is NC State. And obviously, I know there's pent-up emotions and aggression on Clemson's side because of the loss last year. And yeah. if NC State is undefeated, that's going to be game day 100%. Because by that point, yeah. NC State should be at least in the top 11 or 10. Yeah. And NC State, this is the first they have all eyes on. We got to make it to the title game. This is our year. Right. And I mean, NC State's NC State. Like, I in no way, shape, or form – even if Clemson's offense just regresses to even worse than last year, I still don't see NC State like winning a blowout because of uh, Clemson's defense. Clemson's defense is going to keep you in every game, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they uh, except for one. Like you got you got a lot. You got to figure out a good bit of stuff in these next two weeks. Come out, put on a good show against Wake Forest, even if it's just like a ten point victory. Wake Forest is still a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to you you got to win that game by ten or more, and then you got to face NC State. And I mean, if you make it to that point and you figure it out, and you beat NC State, with the exception of like Notre Dame, which is not a conference game, mm-hmm. it's smooth sailing from then on out. With the exception of maybe Miami, just depending. Yeah, they do have to go during that stretch. They have to go to Wake Forest. NC State's a home game, and then go to Florida State. Go to Boston College. Florida State does look a lot better. We'll talk about them. Boston College got a horrible loss, but that's a weird trip for Clemson. So that's yeah. a tough four-game stretch. So you got to figure it out, it figure it out, and hopefully go to Winston-Salem handle business. And hopefully by that point, you know, okay, so this is who's starting for the rest of the year. So right, yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, I, in, in the in the long run, I think Clemson is fine. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose. I still stick with my original thought, which was in the off season. 
I thought I think Clemson has the opportunity to lose four games. Are they going to lose all four? No. They're going to go at worst, probably at worst, I would say not 10 and two. Yeah. I'm not even going to go nine and three. I think Clemson set up. I mean, they just got to figure out some stuff as yeah. far as like bigger picture if you're trying to get back to, you know, the playoff. But oh, yeah. And, and still we'll last see. year, I talked about when Clemson went 10 and three. Take away the pick six against Georgia. Clemson maybe wins that six to three again. Who knows? NC State was another yeah. time. Pitt's the only team that dominated them. That's because Kenny Pickett finally got going. So, right. And you just couldn't, and the offense couldn't do anything. So, yeah, right. I think I think it's fine. Now, again, regresses. We'll see. But in the next two weeks, luckily, it's like do whatever you want and mm-hmm. you know, handle business against Furman, Louisiana Tech should do well. Yeah, I agree. So, Let's look around the rest of the college football landscape. Got started last Thursday. I just want to mention this. Oklahoma State beat Central Michigan 58-44. to This was a game that was a blowout until the fourth quarter when Central Michigan decided to score 22 points. Um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, weird game for Oklahoma State, who had a great defense last year. So I don't know what happened there. but Maybe they just – Surely at that point they probably took people out. I mean, they were up 47 to 7 yeah, at one point, I think. It's gotta be it. Uh, maybe 47-15, whatever. Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, very interesting for sure. Um, big time game in Pittsburgh. Pitt and West Virginia meeting for the first time in eleven years, the backyard brawl, and this game delivered. Yes, it did. So much fun. 38-31, Pitt wins it. Keaton Slovis got to see him debut for Pitt. He looked really good. Pitt's defense is back. Pitt might be the front runners in the ACC again, despite no game yeah. looking at Jordan Addison. Yeah, Pitt, Pitt looked good. Looked like they didn't really miss the beat. Now West Virginia, um, I, I think West Virginia was better than people thought they were going to look mm-hmm. uh, with JT Daniels. But oh, what a game! I mean, obviously, um, you got to feel <clears throat> you got to feel for the West Virginia uh, wide receiver. What was his last name? Uh, Ford Wheaton. Yeah, uh, drop because off. I mean, had a great game besides that. That son of a gun was everywhere. Nine receptions, ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns, and the game losing pick six goes right through his hands. You got to feel for him. I hate that, but the other um, thing that stinks, it's interesting, is West Virginia had all the momentum and their running back was doing well, and they decided to punt it on fourth and short in pit territory, and yeah, they was able to. Tied up at that point. So, some interesting decisions, some heartbreaks that go the way don't go the way of West Virginia, but you know, still mm-hmm. that happens and it's early, but man, heck of a game. Glad yeah. these two teams should play every single year. <laughs> Amazing game. Yeah. Um, was mentioned at Wake Forest, we beat my 44 10. Griffiths coming in for Sam Hartman, 21 29, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. So, Wake Forest looks that be. Solid. Tennessee beats Ball State 59 to 10. Tennessee, that no tempo is working well. Yeah, Tennessee's uh, Tennessee looked really good. Now, granted, I mean it's Ball State, but you know, t- Tennessee looked really good. Yeah. Uh UCF South Carolina State only mentioned this because John Rice Plumley is the quarterback at UCF and he destroyed mm-hmm. the Bulldogs. Uh 308 yards hey, back yeah. and four touchdowns, 86 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, hopefully he finds a good spot there for him. Um yeah. glad to see him there. Florida International beats Bryant in overtime, 38-37. What a game. I mean, just unreal. Yeah, um, insane. Uh, Penn State beats Purdue, 35-31. Again, why Clemson? Penn State needs to run the, the hurry up every single time because Penn State went down there 
and got the game-winning touchdown and like went 90-something yards in less than 90 seconds Yeah, and won the game. So, trains, what are y'all doing? Because they had blocked up Sean Clifford until that last drive and yeah, looked amazing there. I will say two things about Purdue. Uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, that he slings that thing, man. Yeah, he just... 29, 29 of 58. I mean, it's 50% completion percentage, which is not great, but slinging that thing 356 yards. And it doesn't matter who he's got at receiver. I mean, he's got a, a, a new guy. I don't even know how to say his last name. Is it Duru? I can't remember. I think Duru, no, yeah. Duru. That's the running back. Stupid. Uh, uh, well, he got Jones, Jones the receiver. Insane. 12 receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, they, they just reload. Like, they're never that great. I mean, they won nine games last year, but. They, I don't know. Just lately, that I'm just amazed that they just pass it so well. And I, I think it's just because they're a Big Ten team. Yeah. And they the just big sling that ball. Spread it out are Ohio State usually, and you yeah. see whenever you see someone else do it, it throws you off. But man, they did not want to run any plays to shoot the clock at all, and it kept yeah. working for the longest yeah. time until it just didn't one time. Yeah. So yeah, and the second thing I'll say is. Purdue early case for uniform of the year. It's just mm-hmm. the helmet. The, the helmet with the train tracks is yeah. unbelievable. The train tracks in the end zone, too, phenomenal. Yes. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. Purple. The all black and gold, which obviously you and I are both partial to that because of our high school. Mm-hmm. But I, gosh, those uniforms are so beautiful. Yeah. Um, rolling into Friday, Duke beats Temple 30 to nothing. That's Duke's first shutout of FBS team since 1999 which is wild. Yes, sir. First uh, win in the Mike Elko area era and him coming over from A&M as a defensive coordinator. Uh, it's Temple, but, I mean, what a defensive effort from Duke. I mean, even if it is Temple, that surprised me. Yeah, yeah, get a shutout. That's big for Duke, so we'll keep an eye on that. What Michigan State beats Western Michigan 35-13. This is every Michigan State game ever. They start off so slow, and then Peyton Ford decides, oh, yeah, I'm a good quarterback and has four touchdowns. So Yeah. And they have another good running back, Barger, 16 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. It was just every Michigan State game ever known to man. Yeah. Screw Michigan State. The line on this game was minus 23, and I took it, and they won by 22. Screw you. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Virginia Tech goes to Old Dominion. Virginia Tech now has a two-game losing streak to Old Dominion because Old Dominion won 20-17. to 17. Uh, It just makes me smile. I don't know why. Like, I really don't have – ill will towards Virginia Tech but I mean I don't know like sometimes when they lose I'm just like wow thank you God (laughs) I don't know why also Virginia Tech will play Old Dominion for the next nine years in a row whoever signed that contract (laughs) it's stupid it's all home and homes for the next nine years so Whoever coerced them to sign that contract from Old Dominion is a genius. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're like, if we can win at least half of these, it's worth it. That's mm-hmm. all you got to do is win maybe half. Just win four and you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, William Mary beat Charlotte 41-24. Charlotte, horrible. They are trash. Awful. After getting blown up by FAU, they have Maryland this week, and then they have South Carolina later. It ain't going to get better, folks. Uh, Here you go. Carolina beat Charlotte 34-17. to 17. You heard it first. <laughs> uh, Kansas football blew out Tennessee Tech 56-10. to 10. Look at that. The Jayhawks went to work. <laughs> Good, for them. Good job, guys. 
<laughs> you're proud of you. You're confident. Um, Indiana beats Illinois 23-20. Connor Basilic, uh, he's also slinging that thing around. 28-22, 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, good for Indiana. And good for him. Uh, the line was Illinois plus three. I took Illinois plus three. So push. We don't like a push. <laughs> uh, and then TCU beat Colorado 38 to 13 in that one. On Saturday, Bama beats Utah State 55 nothing. Bryce Young. Hey, guess what? He's Bryce Young. Uh, 18 28, 195 yards, five touchdowns, ran for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Bama's Bama. Bama's and- Bama. And again, this is against a team that won the Mountain West Championship last year. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, Ohio State beats Notre Dame 21 to 10. Uh, Ohio State had a lot of offensive pieces missing, and it was a slug to get through this one for them for a while. Um, it was. But eventually, I think it was one of those again where talent overcame. They decided they ran the ball more. Henderson had a game 15 carries, 91 yards. Uh, I think Ohio State's good. I think Notre Dame's a lot better than people are going to think. I know we overhype Notre Dame every year, but I think Notre Dame's still going to be a pretty good team, after, especially after seeing this game. So Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be fine. Ohio State's defense played a master class in the second half, shutting them out. So Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Ohio State, very good team. Probably can't argue one of the top three teams in football. Uh, this game, I thought, all right, let's see what Georgia's offense can do. What, how's the defense going to look about them? Maybe they won't look as great. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Georgia won 49-3. to three. Stop right there. Stop. Bo <laughs> Nix sucks. Bo Beauregard, come on, Beauregard Nix. He is awful. Watch him. Watch him this year. They're going to play – I don't even know if they play Arizona. Uh, let me fact they check. They got to play Utah at the end of the year again. So that's they do play fun. Arizona. They play Arizona at Arizona, or they play UCLA at home two weeks afterwards, and he will throw for six touchdowns, but he will do nothing the rest of the year. That is the only quarterback I've ever seen never get any better and never get any worse. He is He's what horrible, he and he just does whatever happens, happens, and it is hilarious. Also, Georgia, if he transfers again, just needs to find where he transfers to and keep scheduling him because that is that man's crypto. Yes. I, I will sit here and confidently say with all of my heart, if I had to pick between Bo Nix and Zeb Nolan, I'm picking Zeb Nolan. I'm picking Zeb Nolan too. <laughs> man, um, Setson Bennett, 25 31, 368 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Stetson Bennett's going to somehow – he's been there for 18 years at Georgia. Is somehow eventually going to go have a chance to win a Heisman. But it's wild to think that that man who looks like he could, should be selling car insurance is – Yeah. Of all the uh, quarterbacks we've had – Yeah. Aaron Murray, in, Matt Stafford, he's the one that's won a national title. <laughs> yeah, that, that is wild. Uh, in short, Georgia is – Good. Looks just as good as last year, and it's quite scary. Yeah, and now their offense can do stuff because they couldn't that much. Yeah, that's the so. biggest thing. Their offense clicked. I mean, their their defense was still disgusting, yeah. but the, the last offense year game clicked. their offense was bad. Now their offense looks pretty good. Now it's like, oh, Yikes. this, this I mean, might be the best team now. <laughs> they come to Columbia in two weeks, and I'm really not excited <laughs> about that. Uh, uh, next game, Texas A&M beat Sam Houston 31 nothing. It was a Texas A&M game. They won, and it was boring. That's all. Yes, know. it was very boring. There was a rain delay. And welcome to FBS, Sam Houston. 
Yep. How about it? Uh, Florida upsets Utah 29-26. Anthony Richardson out there just doing things and it's working. So this this game made me very upset for two reasons. <laughs> the first reason, obviously, this is our first podcast in a while, but Richard. You know I was high on Utah. <laughs> yes. I yes. was so high on Utah. I thought that this was going to be – this could be the year that they're just going to – they're going to steamroll through the Pac-12, make it to the playoff, have an opportunity. That's down the toilet, at least for right now. And on the other hand, my biggest question mark in the SEC East was Florida, and, oh, God, they <laughs> look good. Yeah. So, that's not great. Yeah. Richardson looked – Richardson was crazy good. He, yeah. he was so good against Utah. Yeah, it's wild. You know, uh, I was listening to the shutout podcast. Spencer Hall said, it's great to look at that year head coach and see, wow, there's someone who has some confidence in him uh, in yeah. Billy Napier. So yeah. uh, that's good to see that. Uh, so Billy Napier starting off hot for sure with that big time upset. Or again, a team, the Utah team that's probably still going to win the Pac 12. Um, yeah. So. Um, Michigan beats Colorado State 51 to 7. Oklahoma beats Utah 45 13. Uh, NC State ECU. Oof. ECU and so many. First of all, you know from last year, you don't go to Greenville. Exactly. <laughs> right. And North right. NC State, who's all hyped up, picked to win the ACC, picked to make it to a big time bowl game. And it's like, all right, let's go there. Yeah, and if you're to 20. If you're a Power Five team, the eastern coast of North Carolina is not favorable for you. No, and ECU ties has a chance to tie it up, miss the extra point. So you're thinking, okay, this is game. Oh, that's it. And well, ECU gets another chance. They have to kick a field goal, misses it. NC State passed on their curses to ECU, so NC State might win the ACC now. But again, I'm still waiting mm. for them to be that team they are every year. And come yes. in where they haven't won at Clemson in a while and just fall apart. So, yep, it's uh, it's interesting. And man, that was heartbreak for ECU for sure. Yes, um, in that one. Uh, keep it on going. USC beat Rice six six to fourteen. I just want to mention USC had three pick sixes in this game. Um, <laughs> Rice horrible. Uh, Lane Kiffin didn't bring that because, you know, Oklahoma didn't have no defense. Yep. <laughs> Not Lane Kiffin. What am I talking uh, about? God bless. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. I'm rusty. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas beat Cincinnati 31-24. Uh, hey, now, now hold on. I'm sorry. You just skipped over Miami. Oh, yeah. Miami's back. <laughs> Shut up. I can't even, I can't even say that on a straight face. <laughs> They played Clemson. They played Clemson the week before South Carolina, and they're going to have four to five losses. They're not back. <laughs> Sorry, just had to uh, say that. Yeah. Anyway, Arkansas beats Cincinnati. This was a fun game. It was a great atmosphere that Arkansas. Uh, Bryant who's having to come in for Desmond Ritter. I think that fine uh, in Cincinnati, twenty-six forty-three, three hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns. But man, just KJ Jefferson, my my large adult son, <laughs> able to throw and run around. <laughs> Arkansas, I mean, Sam Pittman, we said it was going to be a hard job, and he has gotten them so far ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, the guy played Bama every year. The guy played the rest of the SC West every year. 
this is the, I think this is going to be a very good Arkansas team, though. Yeah. I would like to think that South Carolina's, let's call it a character arc, could be similar to Arkansas now that we have, let's say, a, a generational talent at quarterback. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, like K.J. Jefferson, obviously K.J. Jefferson burst onto the scene last year, and Arkansas was good, still lost some games. Um, but now in year two, they look primed to be a real contender, which I would like to think is how the South Carolina story could go. Obviously, nobody knows that, but no, nobody knows what's going to happen. But Arkansas looked really good. Uh, and, yeah, we'll talk more about Arkansas here in a second because South Carolina goes there Saturday. Uh, Kentucky beats Miami of Ohio 37-13. This game was close, and Kentucky needed just 62 seconds to score two touchdowns in the third quarter to pull away. So, Kentucky pulls can't, away. I can't, I can't mess with a quarterback that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I love mayonnaise, <laughs> but that's ridiculous. Oh, uh, you're right. That's disgusting. Absolutely. I can't. I just – I want to beat Kentucky every year, but I want to beat the mess out of Kentucky for that. That's awful. Um, Ole Miss beats Troy 28 to 10. This game, Ole Miss got up 28 to 3 and just put it in park and it worked. Yeah. So park the park the bus on FIFA. Directional pad left. Park the bus. Yep. He just parked the bus and did nothing and it worked. So good job, Lane, I guess. Um Houston and UTSA. This game was insanity. 37-35, three overtimes. First of all, the Alamo was sold out, packed, insane atmosphere. Clayton Toon got absolutely rocked going in to score the game-winning two-point conversion. Dana Holgerson in mid, he was going to go chug a Red Bull and vodka after the game. My guy. Dana finds one in those insane ways. This game was awesome. This is probably the best game, one of the best games of the day, at least the best top 25 game, I would say, for sure. And it was so much fun. Um, hate it for UTSA, though. That would have been a big-time win for them after having such a great year last year, man. Mm -hmm. Crazy game for sure. Yeah. And then let's get to the rest. Uh, UConn won a football game, 28-3 to over Central Connecticut. Hot diggity dog. But you know what? They still don't have a winning record. <laughs> nope. And I think that's the only game they're favored in all season. Now, let's go back 100 years because Iowa beat South Dakota State 7-3. to And, folks, Iowa did not score a touchdown. Richard, this game was just Horrible. so awful. Horrible. The, the please, end. please let me let me do your ears the good graces of running through the play-by-play. -play. Can I? Please do. It's all right. <clears throat> Kinnick Stadium, Iowa. All the kids in the hospital waiting. All the fans waiting for their Iowa Hawkeyes to take the field. And, boy, did it start with a bang. A punt. <laughs> South Dakota State punts. Iowa, four plays, five yards after a 20-yard punt from South Dakota State, mind you. Iowa State, or excuse me, Iowa misses the field goal. And South Dakota State punts. Iowa punts. South Dakota State punts. Iowa goes four plays, five yards. This time, makes a field goal. Points. All the kids celebrate. <laughs> Punt by South Dakota State, punt Iowa, punt South Dakota State, punt Iowa, punt South Dakota State. Interception thrown by Iowa leads to a field goal for the Jackrabbits. 
Iowa needs it out. All the kids in the hospital are booing. It's 33 <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> we come out the second half and hot diggity dog, you guessed it, a steady diet of punts. Punt by South Dakota State. Punt Iowa. Punt South Dakota State. Punt Iowa. Here's where it gets fun. <laughs> I guess. South Dakota State goes one play after Iowa has an All-American punter. Oh, you don't say. It gets a lot of practice. South Dakota State, one play from the practically the zero-yard line, and he gets – they hand it off, tackle to the end zone, safety. Iowa takes the lead, five to three. My God, this baseball game is amazing. <laughs> Iowa then gets – the ensuing punt. Ha-ha, another punt. Oh, my God, there was on a safety. <laughs> Iowa takes it seven plays, 57 yards, and just throws up on the field. And the ball <laughs> just, just ends up in South Dakota State's hands. South Dakota State returns the favor by going 23 yards, teasing you just a punt. Iowa gets the ball back. Punt, three and out. South Dakota State three and out, zero yards gained. Iowa, punt, three and out. South Dakota State, three and out, negative eight yards. Iowa defense, wow, <laughs> amazing. Uh, Iowa, three plays, zero yards. Hey, they can do it too. <laughs> South Dakota State backed up again, loses eight yards on this. Another safety, seven to three. What a two-run home run from Kirk Ferentz. Amazing. <laughs> Iowa, six plays, 20 yards, punts. South Dakota State, last ditch ever, turns it over on downs. And mercifully, that is the end of this god-awful game <laughs> in Iowa with all the kids watching. This game sucked. This is ridiculous. This is awful. It, it literally set college football back 100 years. Like, this is so bad. Seven to three. Seven to three, and you didn't score a touchdown. That's honestly mad impressive. Yeah. Iowa's defense, hey, salute you, sir. <laughs> My God. But your offense, Petrus, is so bad. He had a quarterback rating of one. I have seen zero. It's hard to get zero. He had a one. Ugh. <sighs> The, by the way, the punter for Iowa, Tory Taylor, of his 10 punts, 10 punts, mm. seven were inside the 20-yard line and two were touchbacks, and those both of those hit on the five-yard line. If someone could have gotten down there, he could have had nine points inside the 20-yard line. He's a phenom. There's He's an All-American for, for a reason. Yeah. My favorite stat from this game – is that there were over a thousand yards in punts? Yes, <laughs> twenty-one combined punts between both poor, decrepit uh, teams. And uh, you thought you thought Clemson was bad. It, it you thought Clemson. Worse. You thought Clemson's offense last year was bad. It ain't this bad. No, and I I was defense is very good. Very just like Clemson, Iowa's offense is literally like a middle school team. <laughs> it's bad. It's so yeah. ugly. 
The yeah. fans deserve to boo. That's awful. Kirk yeah. Ferentz, I like you. I've always liked Iowa. It's time to go, cuz. Yeah, th- this ain't going to work. Th- or maybe it does. Maybe Iowa goes out there, scores 10 points a game, and win- finally wins the Big Ten. I, but I don't see I, th- I think that their defense is good enough to keep them in games, and this is a solid eight to nine win team, honestly. Mm-hmm. But good God. But you sent Petrus out there. What's he going to do? He's so bad. Like, oh my gosh. Oh this, my gosh, dude. This game, Woo. and spoiler alert, guess what's this week? The Cy Hawk Trophy game, Iowa State, Iowa. And that game is going to keep sending the football back 100 more years. Yes. That game. Um, watch both teams just come out and have 600 yards of total offense, but there'll be <laughs> it's 12, 12 turnovers combined. Yeah. It, yeah. I, this was ugly. It was horrible. My God. That's Iowa awful. football is, is something. Um, mm-hmm. Rutgers beat Boston College 22 to 21. Uh, how about oof, oof, Boston College? Yeah. Um, but also, this is despite Rutgers having four and goal from the 43 yard line because mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, next game, the game of the year already. North Carolina beats App State 63 61. 62 combined points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Chase Bryce. 25, 36, 361 yards, six touchdowns in this one. Drake May, the quarterback out of North Carolina, who has just been slinging it. 24, 35, 352 yards, four touchdowns. Also ran for 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, App State, wide open pass, chance to take the lead, drops it. Then onside kick, North Carolina returns for a touchdown. Then App State scores again, and Chase Bryce gets tackled short. Two-point conversion fails. North Carolina's defense is the opposite of Iowa and Clemson in that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Because against Florida North Carolina, week zero, Florida and uh, hung around for way too long in that one. And how many players did they have? They had 20 players out, including their starting quarterback, the Florida and m So. North Carolina and Iowa are just absolutely complete stark opposites. If they were, if they were both to combine, greatest team ever. Absolutely. <laughs> if you put that North Carolina offense combined with the Iowa's defense, I'm talking 67 to three every game. Just no ridiculous. Some like some like early 2000s Oklahoma beating up on some podunk team score yeah. every game. Yeah, and, and if you have to punt, we got the best punter in the country. Right? Yeah, he's a phenom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> North Carolina, I said it. I said it after that Florida at the, after that FAMU game. They can score with anybody. I don't care who you are. They could I mean, the, the way their offense is cooking, I would I would project them to score three or four touchdowns on Georgia. But their defense cannot stop a soul. No. Their defense would make Petrus look like a Heisman candidate. <laughs> and that's straight facts. Yeah. That... If Iowa and North Carolina played each other, I oof. Mm. Can we can, can we manifest that? Maybe both teams would be like six and six, seven and five, and play in like the I don't even know what bowl game. Sports Cheese It Bowl, something like that. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, do the yeah Cheese It Bowl or something. I I don't know. Just put put the game in a miserable place like Shreveport, just Liberty Bowl, Bowl. Alberta, Canada, and it's just 
absolutely the Idaho potato bowl cold. now. I don't care if it's the, the Mac and the Sun Belt. This is the Idaho potato bowl. <laughs> Freezing cold. Drake May still lights it up six touchdowns. But Petrus against that awful North Carolina defense, seven touchdowns. Iowa wins. What? Yeah. Oh, man. That – yeah, I, North Carolina's going to do this all year. And I think they're just kind of like, you know what? But what's funny is that Gene Chizik's the defensive coordinator. My man was retired, and now he's come back to all this stress. Mm, yeah. Go home, Gene. Gene, you had the money. You didn't have to do this. And you came back with your friend Matt Brown wanted you to. And boy, he's killing you. Gene, uh, you won a national title in 2010 with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Just just go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. You you won that. And then if I'm not mistaken, did he not go three and nine the next year? Yeah. Like, bro, it it was over. Yeah. Like, stop. You don't have to do this, Gene. You don't need the stress in your life. <laughs> you made your deal with the devil for 2010. It's over. Get out. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. North Carolina's gonna be so fun to watch, but that's wolf. Wolf defense is so bad. Uh, Delaware upsets Navy 14-7. to Navy fumbled on the first play of the game. That's all I want to say about that. And that never, never ends well. Yeah. That set the tone for it. Um, other scores. Arizona beats San Diego State 38-20. Arizona looks competent this year. So, go on the road and be a pretty good San Diego State team. So, maybe. We'll, we'll have to see. Nebraska decide to play at Dakota. And it almost didn't work out for them. They went 38-17 over North Dakota. Not the good Dakota, but still. Yeah. They had to pull away in this one. And they had to. It was tied at seven at halftime. And this was after they came all the way back from Ireland and decided, yeah, let's not have a week off. Why? Why would you do this? Because Scott Frost likes his offensive lineman throwing up every practice. Like, that's exactly. a deranged man. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, Nebraska, the, once again, it's going to be a fun year to watch them. Um, Wyoming beats Tulsa in two other times, 40 to 37. This game was weird because the way it ended, Tulsa had every chance to go score. They throw a pick. Wyoming gets it in field goal range. The field goal literally hits the very top of the cross of the uh, yeah. upright. <laughs> and Wyoming ends up winning an OT, but that's just a wild game for sure. Um, any other oh James Madison beats Middle Tennessee 44 to 7. That's JMU's first game as an FBS team. Uh, they didn't miss a beat. No, they did not. Um, rolled over MTSU in that one. Vanderbilt beats Elon 42 to 31. Now they gave up 31 points, but Vanderbilt's 2 and 0, baby. Hey, but so what you're telling me is that Elon can go to Hawaii and get a pretty good win, huh? Probably because Vanderbilt beat Hawaii 63 to 10. So Elon. Make that trip out there. <laughs> Go get that yeah. money. Um, not a good weekend for the service academies, that being Navy and Army. Army goes to Myrtle Beach. Probably mm-hmm. had a great time, uh, but lost by 10. So Yeah, 38-28. Uh, Liberty got pushed to four OTs with Southern Miss. Southern Miss is horrible, <laughs> by the way. That's not good for Liberty. By the way, Liberty's quarterback, starting quarterback, was Charlie Brewer. Remember that name? He is still around. Yes. Oh, Virginia Tech boy, right? Or Baylor guy. I think both. But he got hurt again. My guy. Mm. You don't need to keep doing this. (laughs) Give it up, brother. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They get that one. Uh, Mississippi State beats Memphis 49-23. SMU rolls over North Texas 48-10. 
Uh, Syracuse beats Louisville 31 to 7. Louisville. Yeah, what? Yikes. <laughs> I cut this game on fully expecting to see Malik Cunningham in a boot because yeah. something happened to him and he was still playing and it was 24 to 7. I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, Tucker's a great running back for Syracuse. I think Garrett Schrader's an okay quarterback. Louisville should not have lost by 24 points. I would have thought. Uh, that, that surprised me big yeah. time. That's, that's um, shocking. So. Our poor our poor Washington State Cougars had to struggle against FCS Idaho. Yeah, 24-17, the Battle of Palouse. They were down 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was 10-10 at halftime. Well, what, ended up winning 24-17. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be tough for Washington State, huh? Looks yeah. like this year. Um, meanwhile, Boise State gets – Beat down 34 to 17 by Oregon State. It was 24 nothing at halftime. So Beaver's good. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. And then let's go to Sunday. Florida State LSU, the wildest ending to a football game you will ever see. Mm. Florida State goes up toward the very end. Jordan Travis for a touchdown pass. Then Florida State has to punt. They get stopped. LSU has a chance. Malik Neighbors fumbles it for the second time. Muffs a punt. Florida State's got the ball at the eight-yard line. My brother in Christ, all you have to do is fall down and kick a field goal. You're good to go. They decide to run a tall sweep, fumble it. LSU has the ball. Now, no timeouts left, though, about a minute. LSU gets all the way down to the two. Hold up now. Tied in, didn't get out of bounds. But – Florida State called a timeout. <laughs> mm. So they get one second on the clock. Slant pass, touchdown, LSU. All right, kick, a, kick the extra point. We're going to OT. Extra points blocked. Florida State wins. The last five minutes of this game, absolute insanity. Florida State found a way to win somehow thanks to a blocked field goal. Their second blocked field goal of the night. Yeah. And they win it. Not only to me, like this game was amazing, but it also had the most egregious and oh, the worst the, targeting call, the best example of targeting that I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure what the LSU kid's name was, but uh, Jordan Travis threw an absolute dot, yeah, for a touchdown and literally got headbutted. Yeah, and then they gave him unsportsmanlike conduct. I'm like, nah, nah. If you get headbutted yeah. for a touchdown, you yeah. can fuck whatever you want. This man has a grade four concussion and drop that thing in the bread basket. Yeah. He can say whatever he wants, even if he's slurring his words and speaking <laughs> German. Yeah, uh, absolute insanity in that one. Was part of a fun weekend for sure. A lot of great games, but man, I can't get over that. That's literally like. The absolute, like, you see it and you're just like, oh, God, get out. You yeah. Should, yeah. You should be suspended for six games. Get yeah. out of here. God. That was awful. That was so that bad. Was insane. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy weekend, of course, for college football. Now let's move on to week two. We'll get a little preview. Here's your Clemson Furman preview. I think Clemson's going to win. There you go. Uh, solid analysis. Yeah, sir. you're going to see both DJ and Cade play. Um, mm. I mean, Furman beat North Greenville 52 to nothing. Greenville's a pretty meh D2 team, so it's not like we're going out there, world beaters. Uh, Furman's a pretty meh SoCon team, to be honest with you, too. So, you know, Clemson should handle business, especially with that defense. 
offense should get rolling. You know, Clemson wins at 52-7, something like that. Yeah, I can see it. They could score more. They could score more. Their defense could score. They could, you know, maybe score like uh, score at least forty. So there you go. There's your close. I feel like I feel like it could be maybe the first the half of the first quarter could be interesting. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it'll. It'll it'll be enough to get the the Clemson the Cade Klubnik stands going again. Yeah, and then by halftime it'll be thirty one to seven, and then yeah, just downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. New video board gonna get debuted at Clemson too. The giant ah, video yes. board, think, very second, pretty, very second largest in the country. I think behind Auburn and our third largest behind Auburn, Oklahoma State. I think so. It's very nice. The pictures I've seen. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, yeah, so South Carolina, Arkansas. This is actually a game you know we can dive into. It's at noon Eastern in ESPN. So early kickoff. Um, Arkansas is favored by eight and a half. The over under is fifty three in this one. Uh, that probably sounds about right for early in the year. I think with the South Carolina team, who again does look a lot better, uh, but their offense did struggle at times. And while Arkansas has KJ Jefferson who is a very good quarterback, and Arkansas's defense did come up big against Cincinnati when they need to. So, uh, we'll have to just yeah. uh, what's, the, what's your analysis, prediction? Uh, what does South Carolina need to do to probably win, try to win this ball game, and still win on the road against a good Arkansas team? Well, first off, I will start by saying that this is one of the five games that I think could be possible swing games in terms of how South Carolina does this year. Um, the way I see it, Carolina has four four games that should be automatic wins should be uh, those being Georgia state, Charlotte, South Carolina state and Vanderbilt. Let's just say Vanderbilt. Um, so four wins there. I think you have three cut and dry. You're taking an L uh, that is Texas A&M for obvious reasons. We can't get over that hump. At least not yet. Uh, Georgia and Clemson. Um, so four and three, seven games. Five left. Those five are Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas. Um, obviously, as it stands right now, all the games that I think I think South Carolina can beat Missouri, and I think that we have the opportunity to beat Kentucky, but none of those games are going to be easy. Uh, we got to have things fall our way. So this is a very important game in terms of South Carolina schedule. But South Carolina early in the season on the road in Fayetteville. Uh, ugh, I don't know, man. I Arkansas, Arkansas does a lot of things good. They have a dynamic quarterback. They have a good rushing attack. Carolina's run defense was at times less than ideal against Georgia State. So, uh, unless they just miraculously figure out a perfect game plan and are able to stop the run, I I'm honestly not expecting anything crazy. Um, would I welcome it? Of course, but uh. Going to Arkansas, it's tough. I think the line eight and a half is about right. I mean, if I had to guess right now, I'd probably say it'd be somewhere around, somewhere around 10, 10, 11 points maybe are in Arkansas's favor. But there's still a lot of questions on the table. And Spencer Rattler, for all we know, who knows? He could come out and turn the clock back and just absolutely carve up this Arkansas defense. It could be a back and forth affair. And it's just going to come down to which defense stops the other's offense. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Very excited to watch it. Obviously, a big game. Uh, and then the next week, Carolina playing Georgia. So, realistically, you're you're staring one and two in the face. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch first SEC play with Rattler under center. Uh, and if Carolina can 
uh, patched up the offensive line a little bit and they can give Rattler a little bit more time and also open up some holes for Juju McDowell and Marshawn Lloyd and control the uh, Arkansas rushing attack. Carolina might be in for a pretty good day, uh, but I would say probably not. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Shane Beamer mentioned he was on that staff in that 2007 game where it was Peyton Hillis, Felix yeah. Jones, and Darren McFadden that ran all over him. So he's, he's, he's like, it was it was tough that day. It's going to be about the yeah, same challenge almost, even though that was just a generational backfield. There in I got nightmares of Darren McFadden ever since that night. That boy was—he yeah. ran all over us, three hundred something yards, ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that'll be a tough challenge for that kind of for sure. Uh, looking at the rest of college football, two games on Friday. Louisville goes to UCF. That'll be a tough one for the Cardinals. Got to see what they can do. I'll see what John Rice Plumley can do against Louisville. Boise State goes to New Mexico. Um, and then on Saturday, Duke and Northwestern. That's your first big test, Mike Elko. You got to take on the Northwestern team with Brian Holinsky, who did look good against Nebraska. Um, that defense didn't look great at times. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Duke's defense looked really good against Temple. I see what Duke yeah. can do on the road early in that one. Uh, Alabama yeah. at Texas. Alabama's picked the win by 20. All right, Texas, you want to be back. Here you go. And also, this is your preview of the SEC because this game happens every year, most likely, when you join the SEC. So. Alabama going to Texas. Cherish that. Obviously, Alabama doesn't play very many true non-conference road games because of the college football's infatuation with making everything a neutral site. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is refreshing. I actually like this. Yeah. Even if it is Texas, Texas gets treated almost like the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me like – is that not a great comparison? I mean, my God. Um, Dallas Cowboys obviously – Historically great, lately, not so. Yeah. Texas, historically great, lately, no. Kansas, twice. Um, but, oh, Texas, I, Texas is in trouble. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Alabama played Utah State, but. Mm. Looks really good, though. So, I'm going to give you this stat. Texas football, in the 12 years before King of the Hill aired, 77, uh-huh. 60, and 2. Yeah, okay, pretty good. Texas football during the 12 years that King of the Hill aired on TV. 128 and 27, won a national title, lost the second one. That was the game Cole McCoy got hurt in early. So who knows what would have happened. King of the Hill goes off the air the next year. In those 12 years, Texas football has been 83 and 71. I'm not saying King of the Hill is going to bring back if revival would bring back Texas football. But Mike Judge, who is a Texas fan. You might want to do that if you want to bring back. I think it would. Start would. writing the new episodes now. But exactly. you know what? For my sake, don't write any new episodes. Exactly. I like I I'm love personally the show. fine with this. I love the show. I'm also like, man, I want Texas to be down the dumps forever, please. To suffer. Yes. <laughs> um, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Uh, this is Vanderbilt's first taste. But I think, and you mentioned this, Sam Hartman's back. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, oh, no, I did not. He got cleared. So what was happened, he had a med- he had a blood clot in his mm-hmm. leg. And they got that cleared up, and he got cleared to play football, and he's going to return this Saturday to play Vanderbilt. So that completely changes Wake Forest, I think, Yeah, next well, few shoot. weeks. Good for him, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, glad to see him okay. Glad to see him back. Hopefully he does well. Uh, most importantly, hopefully he stays healthy, of course, too. But man, good to see him back, and – 
that just changes Wake Forest, I think, their entire trajectory. Because I think you thought, you know, early you could win these games. Now that game for Vanderbilt comes so much harder. Yeah. Because sure. Vanderbilt gave up 31 points to Elon. Now there's Wake Forest with Sam Hartman, who was one of the best quarterbacks in the nation last year. So, yeah. See what happens there. Uh, Missouri goes to Kansas State. We're going to find out if Kansas State's good, maybe. I don't know. We No one knows how good Kansas State is. No one ever knows. And no one really knows how good Missouri is. Obviously, Missouri hasn't been really, really good since, like, 2014. But um, no one really knows. This has this has stupid written all over it. Oh, for sure. Early kick, oh. 11, 11 a.m. Central kickoff in Manhattan. Yeah. Old Big 12, old Big 12 matchup circa 2006. Yep. Uh, North Carolina, hey, you know how you played tough road game last week? Guess what? They're doing it again. They're going to Georgia State. I'm very interested to see how this goes. Yeah, because I think Georgia State's offense wasn't horrible. They just ran to the brick wall that was South Carolina's defense. I just think that North Carolina is going to score at will, and Georgia State is going to run it down their throat for 500 yards. The over-under is five. And North Carolina's only picked the win by seven and a half. So, I mean, I 100% can see a 49 to 42 slugfest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, UTSA goes to Army. These are two teams who lost some tough ones. That should be a fun one uh, up at West Point for sure. First Maction game, Western Michigan at Ball State. That's kind of weird to see them playing so early, honestly. Yeah. But that's an early conference game. Uh, Marshall at Notre Dame, Notre Dame's first home game, uh, should handle business against Marshall, who's kind of falling off a bit. Uh, App State goes to Texas A&M, and Texas A&M took a while to get going at Sam Houston. So Interesting. I don't I think anything's going to happen, but interesting. 18 and a half's a line. I would not be surprised to see App State cover that. Like, I would not be surprised if App State goes out there and plays well with A&M on the road. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee and Pitt. That's probably amazing. The week cannot wait. That's going to be a wild one for this sure. This game is going to be so good. Mm-hmm. It was a great game last year. I think it's going to be another good one this year. Uh, Keaton Slovis versus Hendon Hooker. That Tennessee offense just runs as quick as possible. Pitt's going kind of back their old traditional offense, but still works. So that's going to be a great one for sure. Or Wazoo Kruger, Cougars go all the way to Wisconsin. On the Badgers, that move could be tough. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, who always starts off as the best 2-0 team in the nation, will go to 2-0 because they play Charlotte this week. Yes. They have, they have a chance to keep to keep the trend going and put up 70. Yep. And I promise you, Maryland plays SMU next week. I promise you, SMU's winning that game somehow. <laughs> yes. Maryland, Maryland 2-0, Heisman front runners, and 5-7. and seven. Yep. Because after they play SMU, they have Michigan and Michigan State back-to-back. <laughs> yeah. Um, not good. Houston at Texas Tech. Uh, Tyler Slough, or Slow, I always say his name for Texas Tech, starting quarterback. He got hurt against Murray State, going to miss three weeks, they think, with a collarbone issue. Uh, still favored to beat Houston. So, who knows? yeah, that's odd to me. That's odd to me that they're favored. Yeah. The starter, the, the Donovan Smith, who came in with 14 16, 221 yards, four touchdowns against Murray State. Garrett Murray State, but still came in yeah. well, closed that game out. Yeah, but Clayton Toon, of course, with Dana, it could get wild for sure in Lubbock uh, this yeah. weekend. That would be a crazy one. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa meet up again. 
This time it's Please. on the Big Ten Network. Remember, I love how the transition of this game has gone from it was on College Game Day a couple years ago. Then it didn't happen because of COVID. Then it was on Fox. Now it's on Big Ten Network. They are hiding this game away from everybody's yeah. eyes. Now it's the 4 o'clock Big Ten Network game, yeah. which is somehow worse than the 4 o'clock SEC Network game. Yeah, they are like, we're going to hide this from everyone. No one needs to watch this. The over-under is 40 and a half. I guarantee hit the under. Hit yeah. the under as hard as Hammer. Hammer the under. Yeah. The, oof. Um, I'm talking, I mean – 15 to 12. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That oh, is going to be ugly. Because this is also – there's no Brees Hall out there for Iowa State either. So – There's no uh, Brock Purdy to do yep. stupid things. Yep. Greatest interception of all time against Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> um, Virginia and Illinois. Uh, Illinois is favored in this one, which is kind of interesting. Um, oh, Bert Bielema. Yeah, old Bert. You want to try to be on Virginia uh, yeah. this weekend? Um, going to Kansas and West Virginia. Poor Kansas. You're going to have to be West Virginia's <laughs> just beat down. Angry. Yeah. Um, Not great. I go Old Dominion, ECU. ECU off the heartbreak. Old Dominion is elevated. Uh, He's, he's picking one by 12 and a half. So, ECU probably going to use up that anger out on the, yeah. on the Monarchs. But we'll see what happens. What could be an interesting one? Kentucky at Florida. Here's another big one. Florida jumped all the way to 12th in the rankings, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Um, all right. Will Levis started off slow last week. Got to get going. Anthony Richardson going to run around, do whatever. Yeah, Let's see what happens in this one. That could be a really fun one. Uh, Billy Napier gets back-to-back night games in the swamp against top 25 teams. So, Let's see what can happen there. This is the game, though. CBS Sports Network. Big East rivalry renewed. Syracuse at UConn. Syracuse is a 22-and-a-half point favorite. And the overall- oh how oh how I wish it was Tyler Ennis versus Kimball Walker, <laughs> but it's not. You get Garrett Schrader against something Turner. I don't know what the yeah. quarterback is for you, guy, but that's what you get so. against some math major who yeah. just got picked out of the courtyard to come play yeah. football. He's, he's going to make more money than us in, uh, in accounting later, but right now we get to watch <laughs> him attempt to play football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, time on CBS Sports Network. Just keep that in mind, y'all. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, USC at Stanford. Interesting stat in the past 20 years when USC has been ranked, they have lost to Stanford eight times. So, mm-hmm. wow, trap game for Lincoln Riley, perhaps. Uh, Stanford's gonna do absolutely nothing on offense and be like, all right, let's see what happens. So, Interesting one there. Arizona State and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma Inter- State. Interesting. Good, yeah, very interesting matchup there. Nebraska, stop scheduling stupid teams. They're playing Georgia Southern. Yeah, the, the option's coming to Lincoln, and you better be ready for it. Yeah. Stop this, Nebraska. You scheduled, the, you scheduled Ireland, then Dakota, and now Georgia <laughs> Southern. Stop this. <laughs> and they have Oklahoma later this year. <laughs> Stop this, Nebraska. You don't have to do this to yourself. Oof. Uh, Hawaii goes to Michigan. Michigan should handle business there. 
Yes. Uh, Boston College, Virginia Tech, early ACC matchup. Uh, it's the night game on ACC Network, so you know how wild those can get. Um, <laughs> Both teams needing to avenge uh, yes, bad loss. Horrible losses. Uh, let's see what they can do in that one. Your late night games, uh, this is a good one. Baylor goes to BYU. Yeah, beautiful stadium. going to be amazing. going to be a great atmosphere there. That's going to be fun. And if you're sicko, you can stay up and watch Mississippi State go to Arizona. That is highly intriguing. Yeah, I am very interested to see what's going to happen in that game. On on FS1. Uh, yeah. Wow. 11 o'clock okay. Eastern. <laughs> I simultaneously love and hate everything about this. Yeah. Interesting. Also, Oregon State goes to Fresno State as well. Jake Hayner still running around at Fresno, so it'd be a fun he puts his body on the line. Dude, my man died against UCLA last year. I, I will never say anything bad about that. Man. <laughs> my man died to beat Chip Kelly. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's college football. And we'll roll right in now. Because NFL football is back. It's the most wonderful time of the year. High expectations. And you know it's you know it's fun. I don't like this having expectations for your change thing because the Bills mm-hmm. growing up as a fan is like I, I, put, I decided to put my chips in this basket. It's like, all right, just don't have a losing record. Maybe yeah. you get to the playoffs. And now they got they start to get to the playoffs. They get mm-hmm. Josh Allen, they get all these players in. Last two years I've seen a heartbreak against the Chiefs, but now the Bills are favored to win the Super Bowl. And it all starts. This Thursday, I guess the defending champs, the LA Rams in Los Angeles, in what's going to be a heck of a game. Von Miller, now the Bills. OBJ is still a free agent, and he has talked about coming to Buffalo, which would be massive, but no OBJ. But he's still got Matt Stafford, who I think who just had a resurgence once he yeah. left Detroit. And good, so glad for him to get a Super Bowl for sure. Bob Miller got his, too. Aaron Donald got his, too. Bob Miller already had one, but Aaron Donald got his, too. So, But another problem for the Bills, though, no Jordan Poyer right now. He's still injured. No Trey White. He's still injured. So that's secondary. It's going to need to be ready. Matthew Stafford. But, man, just – there's a lot of excitement for the Bills this year. And I think the Bills' offense – we only saw Josh Allen for one drive in the preseason. We went three for three, 45 yards, and a touchdown mm-hmm. against the Colts. That's all I need to see. I think this could be something special for the Bills. But there's a tough matchup, of course, big-time matchup, national TV. But it's going to be a lot of fun this Thursday when the Bills step on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, uh, I'm excited. Maybe you not as much, obviously, because you played them on Thursday. But – Allen Robinson is a Ram. Yeah. And it's liber- It's so nice to have him out of Chicago, and yeah. I really want him to have a monster season, which you t- you take away Robert Woods, who was hurt last year. Obviously, he's a Titan now, which, heck, yeah, bro. Uh, and OBJ comes in, does really good. They win the Super Bowl. Now you arguably add – I mean, you add in Allen Robinson, who we know is a great talent, and he's just been – brought down by Matt Nagy and Chicago's ineptitude. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see how that goes. I think that could that, that could be a, an absolutely 
dangerous uh, wide receiver combo. Some more, another weapon for Matthew Stafford. Um, but yeah, Bills, Bills favored to win the Super Bowl. It's wild, isn't it? Think of how far you've come, Richard. Yeah, that's insane. Like, um, but just how, how far how far Buffalo's come. I mean, you you can't say enough about McDermott. He's done great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Allen, obviously, first couple of years it was a, a little bit of a learning curve, but by God, he's figured it out. Let me tell you what. Um, still, the biggest question for the Bills going into this season: Are you going to be able to establish a run game? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you're going to have to. They bring in, they bring back what starting running back Devin Singletary, bring back Zach Moss, but they also add in what's his name from Georgia, Cook. Cook, yep. Yeah, James Cook. So interesting. You've got. Singletary's fine. Zach Moss is fine. You add in uh, Cook, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but obviously, Bills being down, Trey White and Poyer is going to make their their secondary depleted, but should be a, an, an, a hell of a game on Thursday. You lose Cole Beasley, too, but Cole Beasley had kind of getting shifted out for Gabe Davis when Beasley got COVID. So, mm-hmm. we'll see if Davis can step up, too. Also, you got Khalil Shakir from Boise, who was really good. Drafted him. He should be fun to yeah. watch. Um, questions about that offensive line, of course. Uh, but Deion Dawkins back. Roger Saffold in there. Mitch Morsek center. But in that defense, though, up front you have Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, and Von Miller. That's your starting line. And you have Boogie Basham and Jordan Phillips will rotate in. A.J. Espinanza will rotate in behind Von Miller. Linebackers, Tremaine Edwards, Matt Milano is still there. Balen Spector, you drafted him. Kair Elam, who's done well. Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson, still some question marks there, I think, but they've been solid. But, yeah, no quarters, so you got to go with Jaquan Johnson right now. But you have Micah Hyde, Dane Jackson, and Taron Johnson, and Siren Neal, who all stepped up. And then, of course, you had the situation with Matt Ariza at the very end, but you do get Sam Martin in as your punter. Um, yeah. was solid for the Broncos. So, yeah, this team, just looking at it, I think it's solid. Yes, you got to get something going rushing-wise. Also, I forgot about this. Jamison Crowder is now on this team, and he yeah, was he the Jets. And so, if for some reason, let's say Davis or McKenzie can't get anything going or mm-hmm. Shakir doesn't work out, you have Jamison Crowder you can throw in there. So, right. there's a lot of weapons. And, then of course, Dawson Knox has been great. Tommy mm-hmm. Sweeney has stepped up when he's had to. Tight end, so you have a lot of weapons for Josh Allen. I think this is the year. Uh, a lot of people are Josh Allen for MVP as well this year because of yeah. you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore, so he yeah. might drop off. Aaron Rodgers, you know, might have a little doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. Yep. Josh Allen has all his weapons and more. So, yeah, that's going to be shout out. Shout out my former Tennessee Titans, Roger Seffold and Daquan Jones, now playing for the Bills. Shout out, yeah, them boys for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah sh- should be fun. Yeah, uh, look at the Titans now. They played the Giants week one, favored by five and a half points. Uh, Titans offseason. Um, I feel like it was kind of, I mean, you got rid of Julio Jones left, of course, that was your big one, and of course, disappointingly, Landry tore his ACL. Harold Landry, that's a big time, just this disappointing thing to see at the very end of the preseason, but. Overall, Waff, what's your uh, look out, outlook for? And, of course, he's drafted Malik Willis, so maybe some pressure on Ryan Tannehill now, um, which that's been kind of the question mark at times. But what, and, uh, what's kind of your outlook for your Titans this year? I, uh, 
I'm nervous. I, I really am. I mean, I, I still think Tennessee is going to be good, and the AFC South comes down to Indianapolis and Tennessee again. Um, but I, 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 I am nervous. Uh, I mean, defense, I'm not so worried about. Obviously, losing Harold Landry is a heavy blow, um, not even because of the sack production. I mean, he had 12 and a half last year. Signed a five-year deal. We kept him in town, which I'm very grateful for. Um, torn ACL now, so very unfortunate. Um, defense, I think, is going to be is going to be so strong even without him. Obviously, a little bit less than with him, but defense, you're looking at. I mean, your 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 ends. You're going to have Bud Dupree on the outside, which obviously the Harold Landry injury just means that you're going to have to get everything out of Bud Dupree, um, which he should be ready and more than capable to show himself after his year in Tennessee last year, which was injury riddled. Um, and we were better with him than without him, obviously, but now uh, a lot's riding on him. Um, and on the other side, you're going to be looking, you're going to be turning to um, Rashad Weaver, who was a guy that we drafted out of pit last year, who was also hurt. So he'll be getting a lot of time at, at the uh, at defensive end as well. Ola Adaney, we brought him back. Um, so, and then on the inside, obviously you got Jeffrey Simmons. So I swear to, I still second best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald. You can't change my mind. He's an absolute freak stud. Uh, also, still got Danico Altry, who had a great year last year when he came over from Indianapolis. Um, he's still in town, and he'll be playing on the on the end as well. You go to your linebackers. We got rid of Jayon Brown, who had been there um, for four years from UCLA. Got rid of um, Rashawn Evans, one of our first-round draft picks from 2018, I think, uh, out of Alabama. Got rid of both of them. So, it's uh, your starting linebacker, Zach Cunningham, acquired from the Texans on waivers. That still blows my mind um, from last year. And the man, David Long. Say his name, brother. Uh, yep. David Long and Zach Cunningham holding it down on the linebackers. And then you go to the secondary, which is – Still very, very strong. And even with the loss of Janoris Jenkins, yes, not Jackrabbit, Janoris. <laughs> even with the loss of Janoris Jenkins, who was uh, – he wasn't like – he wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was just, you know, right there. I think the secondary improves um, even with him gone because now you're going to be looking at Kevin Byard at safety and Amani Hooker at safety. So you got stability at that position. Kevin Byard – the best safety in the league. Can't change my mind. Watch the film. I know you won't because it's the Titans. Watch the film. Uh, but Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, and then your corners, your starting cornerback is going to be Christian Fulton, who started last year. It's going to be his third year out of LSU. And on the other side, rookie, it's not, it's not Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley will get plenty of snaps. But it's Roger McCreary, the second-round pick from Auburn, uh, who is going to get the other starting cornerback role, which I am very excited to see him. And then you pair in, you've got Caleb Farley that's going to come in, as well as Elijah Molden, who has been um, – who, who was good last year as well. Um, so defense, I'm not worried about it. I think the defense is going to be able to keep us in a lot of ball games. Obviously, the biggest question about Tennessee is the offense. And there are multiple questions, and they are genuine questions. I you. You have questions at every position group. Your biggest question is obviously Ryan Tannehill. 
Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? The last time we saw Tannehill, it was not pretty. It was three interceptions. It was the number one overall seed, surprising everybody, and then not surprising everybody when we got kicked out in the second round in the divisional by the Bengals because he threw three interceptions. Whatever. I still rock with Ryan Tannehill. Like, this is a, this is obviously a prove-it year. We drafted Malik Willis. I like Malik Willis. For the people that want Malik Willis to start, shut up. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Um, this is Ryan Tannehill's team. This is Ryan Tannehill's year. It's a prove-it year. If he sucks it up, move on. Yep. If he keeps himself in town, great. Um, all the reports out of training camp, Ryan Tannehill's been slinging it around. Um, so, you know, here's what it is. It's training camp. It's not, it's not live action play. Didn't play in the preseason. So, um, we'll see. Second question, Derrick Henry, first, first big injury of his career, missed half the year last year. Still, obviously before he got injured was a monster as always. Um, is he going to be able to continue that? You know, the big thing about running backs, Derrick Henry's 28. He's getting up there in age, just had his big injury. Coming back from it, will he continue the trend of injuries? Will his production drop off? Who knows? Uh, I would like to err on the side of he is a genetic freak, and I think that he's going to be fine, but who knows? So, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and then we got to turn our attention to the wide receivers. We got to go to, yes, the obviously the elephant in the room, A.J. Brown is not here anymore. Yep. Julio Jones is not here anymore. Not that Julio really did a whole lot last year, which, I mean, thank you for your service, Julio. I appreciate you. I pulled very hard for you. But uh, you lose Julio Jones and you, you lost one touchdown. And people are sitting there acting like um, acting like we just lost, like, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Oh, they lost Julio Jones. He scored once. He hardly played. Yeah. So, I mean – Obviously, losing A.J. Brown is, is tough. A.J. Brown single-handedly won us that San Francisco 49ers game last year when he came back from injury. And I love A.J. Brown, and I still do. Um, I, I wish nothing but I wish nothing but the best for A.J. Brown. I hope he kills it in Philadelphia, just except the week that we play them in December. <laughs> and I wish nothing but the best for him. Appreciate his time. Dang, and I'm going to miss him. But yeah. – uh, Wide receivers, you bring in Robert Woods, obviously coming off a major ACL injury last year, um, but he's he's going to be your go-to guy. You draft in the first round. You draft Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Um, very, very excited to watch him play. Uh, not excited for his – I hope he's strong mentally because, by God, mm-hmm. he comes out against the Giants and he catches one ball on six targets. Holy crap. He's going to get crucified. It's going to be bad. Um, I hope he's got a strong mental game. And Vrabel and all them said came out and said that he is going to have a massive role in the offense, which makes me think that he is going to be more than just a wide receiver. Um, Because if you look at what he ran at Arkansas, uh, they did a lot of screen stuff and they did a lot of running, like like running stuff. So Traylon um is is a good athlete had some questions coming in about you know his conditioning and weight but they've figured that out he's gotten on track very excited to watch him play uh but you bring in you draft another wide receiver and kyle phillips out of ucla i'm stupid excited about this kid this guy i i don't think he's going to be your freaking you know your, your flashy first and second down guy but like this guy Kyle Phillips can bring to the Tennessee Titans what Adam Humphreys did back in 2019 when we made it to the AFC Championship game. 
Every time it was third down in 2019, I promise you, Ryan Tannehill, I already knew he was going to Adam Humphreys, and he was open. And that is what I see in Kyle Phillips. And Kyle Phillips has been dicing up these boys in camp. So um, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm very excited to watch this wide receiver core get to work. It's pretty much a, it's, it's a brand-new group with the exception of Nick Westbrook-Akina, who um, I do like uh, third-year third talent, I think, out of Indiana. Um, hasn't been very flashy, but has been reliable. He has not, he has not been hurt, hadn't missed games. I mean, that's great. You know, your, best avail- your best ability is availability, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see. We also did add Josh Gordon to the practice squad. I don't know if we should look too much into that, but if Josh Gordon makes it and he dresses out, by God, I hope he can come out here and tear it up like he's 24. Yeah. Um, and then the last big question, the offensive line. The offensive line, we lost Roger Saffold, who I'm not hating on him because, I mean, he's starting in Buffalo. But losing losing Saffold really doesn't affect me that much because he, he was hurt a lot last year. And yeah. it's no secret that his play declined from the two years prior when he was here. Um Obviously, we didn't go out and get a massive superstar to take his place, but your, te- your Tennessee Titans offensive line going from left to right, left tackle, Taylor Lewan, left guard is going to be Aaron Brewer, a guy who has been on the team for the past couple of years but has had some starting roles here and there when there's been injuries. He's actually played center when Ben Jones was hurt, but he's moving to left guard. Ben Jones is back on a two-year deal coming uh, from for your center spot. Nate Davis. Um, third-round pick out of UNC Charlotte from a couple years ago, who's been up and down but has been, I think, more good than bad, uh, playing a right guard and then brand-new right tackle. It's a guy that we drafted in the first round, Nicholas Petit-Friere from Ohio State. is going to be holding down the right tackle spot. So um, I'm stupid nervous. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm very excited to watch these boys get back to work. I'm very excited to watch Derek Henry run the football again. And I'm I'm very excited to watch Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. I I don't I couldn't imagine myself saying that in January for obvious reasons, but I'm ready to see him get back out there and I really want him to prove everybody everybody wrong. Um and Tennessee's window as far as being good and possibly playing for something bigger is still open. A lot of things have to go right, and, you know, you've got a hit on these wide receiver additions. But even with the loss of Harold Landry, Titans are still going to be a team that are going to be vying for a playoff spot and a team that's going to compete in the AFC South and um, be in, in it till the end as far as um, winning the AFC South. But anyway, about the game on, on uh, Sunday, the Giants' brand-new coach, Brian Dable, they still have Daniel Jones under center. It's a game that Tennessee should win. It's at home as well. It might not be pretty, but it's a game that Tennessee should win. I will be excited to see what New York brings to the table, how the offense is going to change with Brian Dable as the head coach and see if Daniel Jones can do it. I mean, for the record, I like Daniel Jones, but that's partially because he's a Duke guy. Um, Daniel Jones is not good, but uh, we'll see. Sa- Saquon Barkley coming back too is exciting. Um, hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, yeah. Also, Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson, former Titans, on is on the Giants, and I hope Derrick Henry stiff arms him into the earth. <laughs> so, yeah. Giant, the Giants are an interesting team. This might be the last year of the Barkley Jones experiment. I would say. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how they do. I think that game is one of those weird week one games that could be a lot closer than you think, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter too yeah. much. But yeah, Titans should win that one. They're picked to win by five and a half. That's about should right. Should win. I mean, I'm sure my heart rate's going to be 160, and it's going to be nerve wracking till the end, but yeah, yeah, should win. Uh, so let's run over week one. Of course, I said Bills play on Thursday against the Rams. I'll be watching that one while working a soccer game. Yay. So mm, great. Yeah. Um, Sunday, Saints and Falcons kicking off strong. If you would have told somebody five years ago that Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston would have been starting quarterbacks for both of these teams, I would look at you like you were crazy, probably. But yeah, there we go. Mariota time in uh, Atlanta. You know, I hope he does well. You want to have Desmond Ritter there as well. Uh, when Jameis Winston's back after he and Justin Herbert, that guy paint that a little bit, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, interesting to see Falcons moving on from Matt Ryan, and yeah, interesting to see what happens um, here. And Saints, I feel like, are up for a breakout year because without Jameis, they did so well, and Jameis was doing really good. He honestly year. was. I mean, I'm excited to watch him play, and now they've got uh. Jarvis Landry, another weapon down there for him. And on defense, they added the Honey Badger. So, yeah, um, we'll see how that goes. As far as the Falcons go, welcome to the Kyle Pitts show. I don't know if Mariota or Ritter, whoever it is, it's probably going to be a while before they get in a rhythm and try to get him the ball because he's probably going to be getting quadruple teamed. But welcome to the Kyle Pitts show. Yep. And Cordero Patterson, maybe the, maybe the Falcons, again, they're the only team that's learned how to use him, right? So, yeah, yeah that's true. He breaks through. Uh, 49ers and Bears. Bears went off Matt Nagy. Uh, 49ers all in on Trey Lance, but Jimmy G is still there. So, red flag. Yeah, there's something going on there, I think. And I'm interested to see how that works out this year for the Niners. He's just so good looking. They can't part ways with him. I guess so. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, you're, you're basically just, your wife is sleeping with her boyfriend and you're the husband that's watching it happen is what it looks like. I mean, yeah. like for what it's worth. I mean, these over unders are kind of, are kind of all around the same for every game, but this is the lowest one. Um, I just think this is going to be bad. Oh yeah. I mean, throwing Justin Fields back out there. who lost I think the four, the 49ers definitely win, but this is just, I don't know. I just, I don't – the Bears are like Michigan and Texas and Miami. Until it happens, I'm not going to believe it. So Yeah, Bears uh, – it's all in on Justin Fields. But, man, he's got David Montgomery, and that's about it. <laughs> he's got Darnell Mooney on the outside, who was a bright spot last year. So, we'll yeah. see if they can build on that. Yeah. But obviously, internal turmoil with Roquan Smith. Like, I mean, it's all just a big mess. Yeah, Bears are absolutely a mess. Plus, they may be leaving Chicago. They want a new stadium down the road. So, yeah, it's just a whole mess up in Chicago. Uh, Probably your game of the week, or at least early window, Steelers and Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow back again. So, after leading the team to the AFC Championship, Steelers, they're going with Trubisky, which I think is interesting after how well Kenny Pickett had played. All preseason. I feel long. like the leash, the, the leash is probably short. That's probably true. Um, but yeah, so new era, no Ben Roethlisberger in there. It's Mitch Trubisky, who again, I think is fine. He just got ruined by the Bears. 
he did fine when he had to come in for the Bills last year. Grant was garbage time when he came in. Yeah. But I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he, he's the only quarterback to not have a pick six. So it's for a certain number of passing, 500 passes or something. He's got to be better and more talented than Big Ben was last year. Oh, so. Big Ben was held together by duct tape and hope. Like, yes. he is way better than that. Um, but, I mean, you still have Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool. They still have weapons at Pittsburgh. I think it was just that you know, they didn't have a quarterback. So, but then you have the Bill, I mean, the Bengals who, I mean, my God, Joe Burrow just absolutely torched it last year. Expectations are going to be high now on this team. It was yep. absolute dumpster fire for so many years. And now they're their butt. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Solid Boyd all back. Hayden Hurst is there now, a tight end. And of course, that yeah. defense, except that uh, defense is great, and then you have Eli Apple out there. So, yeah. yeah, well, and they they did upgrade their offensive line. So, yeah, if they can if they can keep other teams away from Joe Burrow, I mean, mind you, obviously we lost, but Tennessee sacked him nine times. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen. So, yeah, uh, I mean, heck, solid play that one Super Bowl. Aaron Donald got free and knocked the ball right. out. So, right, uh, Eagles, um, Eagles, Lions is yeah. interesting. That's going to be interesting because Eagles have a lot of new hope. Obviously, A.J. Brown, big acquisition, um, young talent. And uh, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, we'll see. Jalen Hurts has got weapons around him now, so mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot of excuses. Um, so we'll see how it goes for them. And then the Lions, uh, hard knocks team, yep. falling in love with them, love Dan Campbell. Are they yeah. still going to be bad? Probably, but you know, I I will pull for the Lions any day of the week. Oh yeah, interesting. Hard Knocks didn't mention a whole lot about Jared Goff. How long do you think they keep that train going, or do they try maybe to see about somebody else? Because I don't know. Um, I guess let it pan out because they got Jamison Williams now. I think he's yeah. going to be. Hey, I don't know when he's going to play because obviously he injured himself in the wasn't it the national title game? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. We'll see how that goes, but um, Almond Ross St. Brown, I think, is a good player too. So. Yeah, he's got some weapons. So. Patriots at Dolphins. Dolphins look to be the fastest team in the NFL. You got Tyreek Hill now playing there. Yeah, Tyreek Hill stands by his quarterback. A lot of people are very divided on Tua whether or not he's the answer or not. But I mean, obviously, I, mean, I wouldn't expect Tyreek Hill to get traded to the Dolphins and be like, "Yeah, Tua sucks. I hate this place." Yeah, but new coach uh, McDaniel from yeah. from San Francisco, a young guy, which is obviously the trendy thing now. But um, we'll see how that goes. I think that's kind of exciting, and obviously Tyreek Hill's a freak. So, and then you have Mac Jones, a uh, lot slimmer. You know, Mac Jones started off hot last year, and then kind of fell kind of fell down a little bit toward the end. Even though it was beautiful, beautiful to watch him suffer. In that playoff mm-hmm. game, Mr. Bills. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, no, it was interesting to see how he responds. See how sophomore slump. He was probably the best rookie quarterback last year. Uh, with, you know, oddly, him and Davis Mills were the two best quarterbacks. And I don't think yeah. a lot of people saw that happening no. uh, in that draft class. So, but, yeah, uh, interesting to see what happens here with the Patriots and how long is Bill Belichick going to keep it going? Um, because. Yeah. Since Tom Brady left, it hasn't really been smooth sailing at all for the Patriots. So it's true. Interesting to win. Ravens at Jets, uh, Joe Flacco revenge game. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Zach Wilson injured. Um, yikes, Jets. Just they had some hope because yeah. 
and this happens every year. Jets actually get a splash from a big pickup. Uh, I mean, they got Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Like, okay, they got drafted Brees Hall. Uh, Quinn Williams has been has actually been good. They got Sauce Gardner. You're yeah, thinking, man, this team, this team might be solid. And then Zach Wilson gets hurt. Yep. And now it's like, well, go be elite, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, at least we'll get to see Brees Hall. Yeah. Could he be the? Could he be the? The answer, maybe, at running back, but yeah. who knows? Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson got paid, and I got to see what you yeah. can do with it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, he might want to get out. So, right. Uh, this next game, Jacksonville Ooh. and Ooh. the Washington first oh, game man. as the Commanders. Carson Wentz revenge game. How about that? Mm. Carson Wentz revenge mm-hmm. game. Yeah, at that at that awful FedEx field owned yeah. by that awful man Dan Snyder. I hope Carson Wentz comes out in the Letterman jacket, uh, and I hope he just absolutely tears up the Jaguars. You know, um, Carson Wentz is no longer a Colt. I'll pull for him, especially against the Jaguars. So go Commanders. Uh, Travis Etienne will get his first regular season game after missing last year, and of course it's on this garbage field. Please do not tear your ACL again, please, for the yeah, love of God. God. Please, God. For the love of God, please no. Uh, yeah, interesting to see what the Jags do with an actual coach now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am excited to see him. I think that they will be um, still probably bad learning curves, but uh, they should be a lot better. Anything's an improvement, I think. Honestly, if you just win four games, that's an improvement. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Browns and Panthers, Baker Mayfield revenge game. Baker Mayfield and, revenge of game course, no Deshaun Watson for the first 11 games of the season. Um, it's whack. Yeah, interesting decision, especially with Calvin Ridley. We also talked about Calvin really not playing this year because – you know, like I said, you can, can't gamble, even if it's sponsored by the NFL. But, boy, yes. you, know, you can go – Nothing makes sense. Way. I mean, the same thing happened in past with, like, instances with, like, Ray Rice. Like, no, nothing Ray nothing Rice makes sense. Yeah. Like Ray Rice nothing makes sense when it comes to women. Yeah. Even, even Ben Roethlisberger. Like, yeah. nothing – when it comes to women, the NFL just throws up. Yeah. They, they like, throw up in their mouth, and then they're just like, oh, oh. Yeah. But you gamble, hey, gamble, get out. Yep, yep. Gamble no by, by uh, DraftKings, who is a sponsor of the NFL. Makes no sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Browns, Panthers. Uh. It's old Jacoby Brisket going to be a quarterback for the Browns. Old Jacoby Brisket uh, for the first eleven games. Um. Panthers Baker Mayfield. I don't know if he's the answer. He didn't look bad in the preseason, which again, preseason, but still. He's got to be better than Sam Donald and Cam Newton. He's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, still thought it should have been Matt Corral. And my heart won Matt Corral to win that job, but you know. True. Since Baker Mayfield time. Uh, interesting for sure. Panthers are picked to win by one and a half. So this could be a fun one. I saw somewhere the Browns have not won a season opener on the road since 1994. The Browns, the Panthers were not a team until 1995. So, that's how long it's been since the Browns have won a road game to start off the season. So, it's going to be a fun one. Colts and Texans playing each other. Uh, This is the game Waffle wants to love to watch. 
He wants both these teams in a 0-0 tie. Yeah, uh, should be a field day for the Colts. Uh, obviously, Colts coming in with a lot of hype, and they're continuing the quarterback roulette. But they have Matt Ryan now, who I would say is better than the last few they've had. Um, Texans, obviously, Lovey Smith coming in to coach. New coach, got Davis Mills, who, you know, for, for, for what it's worth, looked pr- pretty decent, pretty good last year. So maybe something to build on. Yeah. Uh, Pierce, the running back, the new kid, uh, wins the starting job for the running back for the Texans. So uh, excited to see him run the football. Um, I just don't know if this Texans um, defense is going to be able to stop Jonathan Taylor. And I'm interested to see if Jonathan Taylor can follow up his monster season last year with another one and he could continue a trend um, like Derrick Henry, like the, like the last couple of seasons, obviously two seasons that Derrick Henry's had monster seasons with the 2,000 yarder. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is definitely a candidate to go for 2000 and win the Russell title. So, yeah, but the Colts defense, Colts defense is primed to be very good again. So, I'll be, I, I will definitely be watching and keeping my eye on this one for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on next to the four o'clock window, of course, it's all about Titans and Giants. Green Bay goes to Minnesota. All right. Green Aaron Rodgers is there. No Devontae Adams. And now, yeah, see what happens there. And then Minnesota. All right. Kirk Cousins. Whose fault was it that this offense could not win ball games? Because this offense should be the best in the NFL with all the weapons they've had, and Minnesota should be winning titles like crazy. And they haven't got it done. Well, Childress is out, so now I think it's on Kirk Cousins to see: is it you or was it the coaching? So, yeah. uh, interesting to see. Mm-hmm. He started off with a rivalry game. Okay, I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be good, despite no yeah. Devontae Adams, but. Right. It's interesting how that all worked out. He won it out, and it kind of like, oh, I want, I'll stay if Devontae Adams stays. Now, Devontae Adams. So, yeah, interesting. There. Should be a good one. Uh, Kansas City goes to Arizona. Uh, and Pat Mahomes has no Tyreek Hill now. Still Travis Kelsey, so still good tight end there. Arizona, no DeAndre Hopkins because of the failed uh, yep. drug test, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. Which weird situation there too. Um, so interesting to see what Kyler Murray can do early. I think it's going to be a going to see what happens when those two quarterbacks. And of course, it's early in the year, so Arizona's going to look like the greatest team for five weeks and then do right. nothing the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the game that's intriguing to me: Las Vegas at the Chargers. Chargers got revamped, got a whole bunch of pieces in there. Vegas has a new coach, and Vegas last year, even despite all the injuries, made the playoffs. And did well, and all the drama with John Gruden did well. Now, everybody should be back and healthy. That's going to be a heck of a game. The entire AFC West is going to be a heck of a fight. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Every single week. Um, yeah. That's going to be fun. Herbert, I think, took a step forward, see if he can get to the playoffs. Yeah. This year. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Austin Eckler is a guy that says is going to be very underrated this year. So. Mm-hmm. Chargers with a revamped defense, maybe that'll be what gets them over the hump because obviously they they need a spark to get over the hump. They they are good. The talent is there. We can all see that. But there's still too many um, close games, and they're not good in close games, uh, and they need to take that next step. They very well could win this division, um, but that division is going to be a monster. So Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday night game, the Bucks at the Cowboys. Brady is back. I hate life. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And then you have the Cowboys, who you got to get it done, I think, this year. You got to do something. You got to win a playoff game this year, I think, uh, because, man, you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Joked every year since. And now you're starting off with the Bucks, who just keep getting random people that are probably over the hill, but somehow find new life. <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay and it's just insane. And I've seen all the predictions say the Bucks and the Bills and Super Bowl. I'm like, I swear, do not let this man break my heart in the biggest game of my life. As a oh Bulls God. Fan. If that happens, I will just crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if they beat him for the Super Bowl, greatest win of my life. Greatest, Thanks. greatest light of my life. Yes. Um, but yeah, so interesting to see what happens there to start off. And then Monday night football. Uh, Bronco Nation. That's right. Russ Wilson back home with Seattle, who has uh, Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a long year, I wish, Seattle. I wish, I wish Drew Locke would have won the quarterback battle because mm-hmm. I would definitely brand this the Drew Locke revenge game. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. Uh, this is gonna be Seattle's in for it. It's gonna be yikes. It's gonna be a long year for Seattle. It was long with Russell Wilson last year, and right. Now, yeah, but Denver, Denver revamped now and got all those pieces. So, see what the Broncos yeah. can do this year. So, yeah, going to be a lot of fun NFL season, fun college football season. Uh, Waffle, we said we were going to keep this short. We did not. No. <laughs> uh, we did not. But glad our timing is still impeccable on these. Yes. Um, but, yeah, any, any last words you want to say to the folks before we get out of here? Uh Mets, New York Mets, you better watch your back. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Braves, yeah, we got to do a little baseball, yeah. There's a lot of baseball left. Mets do have the easiest schedule for the rest of the year. But the Braves, the Braves are playing really well. Um, regardless whether the Braves win the division or not, um, Braves are all but probably a lock, unless for a, a colossal collapse, knock on wood. Braves, yeah. please don't. No, no, thank you. Um, but Braves should make the playoffs, no doubt, and have the talent despite a wild card or get it winning the division to 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 run it back. I mean, I, honestly, uh, Strider, Spencer Strider, Clemson kid, amazing. Oh, good. He's looked amazing. Sixteen strikeouts, most in franchise history. Awesome. Very good. But Mets, you better watch out, buddy. Also, got to go up for the Padres who get there, who finally get Juan Soto and then Tatis. Yep. Gone. So good for the Padres to just go out there and they're still in the wild card, but only two games up on the Brewers. So, yeah. Uh, Also, pulling hard for the Baltimore Orioles. Please make the playoffs. Please. And also, Seattle Mariners. They're in right now. They're a half game up on the Blue Jays for that that second spot. The Mariners, the streak could be over. So, a lot of storylines there for baseball as that gets ready to wrap up and the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. So, that's going to do it. Thank you for hopefully tuning in to all of this. Um, We'll have more shenanigans, some more reaction. I can tell you my Clemson-Furman reaction will hopefully be short unless the Paladins do something insane. So, right. (laughs) um, And we'll have more reaction analysis, news, notes, whatever you want to call it. And we are back, baby. Glad you could tune in. We'll see you next week.